Welcome to the Sports Block Podcast, the week of Thanksgiving. And co-host Travis Krins joins me as he does each and every week. Travis, uh, let me be the first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving Hello. and uh, also the first to wish you a happy Easter. Yes, Easter's uh, about six months away today would be the first. And uh, also the first for Thanksgiving, yeah. Oh, well... I'm sure I'll be the last next week to tell you Happy Thanksgiving as well. Happy Thanksgiving to all our loyal listeners out there. Um, I feel like this, this has week... got to be the latest Thanksgiving, doesn't it? It, it is the it latest can, it can it possibly be. Correct. Yep, it is the it latest can it can anything. possibly be. The 28th, because it's always the fourth Thursday of November. Uh, I, I feel like we, you know, we are, we are a sports podcast, but given the recent events that happened last week, with oh, yeah. uh, with the meth in South Dakota, and now with this winter storm that's uh, that's coming in uh, and going to wreak havoc all over the region here this week, um, I feel like we're going to be talking less about sports this week because the Vikings didn't play. So there's that, uh, nothing there. the The Jackrabbits lost to USD, but somehow managed to get a seven seed. Uh, that was a, a pleasant surprise. I feel like there's probably not going to be as much sports talk on this podcast as there normally is, which is okay. A little change of pace here. We'll get to the meth update here because I hope I hope you have one here momentarily. Oh. Um, but let's begin with this winter storm that's going to hit the area. Uh, we're recording on a Monday. The storm is going to hit Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. It's supposed to be bad. I guess for you it'll be more Tuesday. Uh, for yeah, we got Tuesday morning and then during the day and then should be about done Tuesday night. So ours is going to be like Tuesday morning into Wednesday or Tuesday afternoon evening into Wednesday morning and it'll leave and then there's going to be another winter storm that comes through on Friday. Uh, but this winter storm here coming first is going to dump anywhere. From, like, they really don't know. I was telling you before we we got on, and you were telling me earlier in the day. It's it's so amazing the the wide range of forecasts that uh, these different television stations can give. One can give three to five inches. The other can say five to eight. Uh, wouldn't you think they would all use the same Doppler radar? Yeah, they got the European model, the American model, so they're different. I'm sure they've got their own system. Uh, National Weather Service here said 5 to 10. I look at it now, it's down to 4 to 8. The most obscene uh, here from the National Weather Service, two stick out to me. One is Miller, South Dakota, just to the west and north of here. And they have them at 0 to 5 inches. That is fucking stupid. Uh, Fort Thompson is at 0 to 4. Chamberlain is at 2 to 7. Those are stupid. If your ranges are more than 4 or 5 inches, then that tells me you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Or the thing is, the thing is so tight. The thing is so tight that, uh, you know, uh, 20 miles here or 40, 50 miles difference could mean the difference between a couple of inches or a half a foot. So we still don't know what's going to happen in this storm. It was, I don't know, 12 hours out. So... Kelly has been at three and five. They've been pretty consistent, and uh, it's going to be windy tomorrow. It's not going to be good. Azure uh, schools are going to get off early, probably. But uh, I, I, I'm thinking four inches. So I'm thinking it's not going to be. It's not going to be major. Um, probably going to be tough to see. Wednesday is when I'm leaving, so I think it, it should be fine by Wednesday. 
So you're and you're going to Sioux Falls or Hartford for the for the holiday, right? Yes. Okay. So um, Marshall, where my mom and, and stepdad live. Uh, of course, she's listening to the podcast. So hi, mom. As always. Uh, they're supposed to get nine inches of snow, and you know that's a that's a lot. But I was just telling you earlier the KMSP, the Fox affiliate in the the Twin Cities, was saying, oh, you know, like. St. Cloud is going to get four to six. We're in a winter storm watch. That was it was at that time, and the cities could get seven to ten inches, seven to nine inches, somewhere, somewhere in there. Like okay, that's interesting. And then Care Eleven, because I'm I'm at the gym, and you know they have like five TVs there, and one's on NBC, one's on Fox, one's on ESPN, and a couple other random channels. Uh, Care Eleven had two to four inches for St. Cloud. Uh, in the in the watch area and four to seven for the winter storm warning there if you're four to seven inches does that qualify as a winter storm like i would say four inches would be yeah, a standard it, it's it's the, the wind, wind. It, it's just interesting with the you know the, if they say like four inches like oh that's nothing that's just like a, uh, a few snow showers for us here in the midwest yeah. i mean the wind yes absolutely carries that factor in there but you're right it's just it's amazing how different television stations or media outlets can report on the same storm and be projecting pretty significant different totals because two to four inches is much different than four to six inches yeah when one one station has kello's got three to five national weather service did have five to ten now you've got it back to four to eight so I'm, I think I'm trusting Kello more than them. I think we're going to get three to five inches of snow. But yeah, I mean, they had three to five. Weather service had five to ten. That's literally, that's two completely different ones. Uh, where, where the high end of one is the low end of the other. So you really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Marshall, they've got Marshall at six to ten. Uh, meanwhile, Kello has got them for like three to six. So again, the high end for Marshall, for Kello, is the low end for the National Water Service. So somebody's going to be right here. Somebody's going to be right or wrong. And it was up to wait and see what happens tomorrow. The, I'm just checking now for St. Cloud, and now it's it, there's no winter storm warning, so I was given false information on the radio. It's a winter storm watch. It uh, it does say total snow accumulations of six or I'm more inches possible. Here. I've got it in the red. We are now in the red. Well, the, the damn one. From, from Minneapolis all the way to Denver. Really? Okay. All of, most of Nebraska, a lot of northwest Iowa, Mitchell, and Winter in there. So from Minneapolis to Denver, I get that in a winter storm warning. Okay. Well, that makes more sense. I mean, they're still saying like six inches or whatnot. So that. Can't they just get, all get on the same page? I mean, this is. It's the weather, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. Me, I, it's kind of like sports. You, you got a good idea. You got a good idea what's going to happen with the sports. And then sometimes sometimes you're dead on and sometimes you're a little off. Meteorologists are the only profession where you can be wrong more than 50% of the time and still get paid a significant salary. Yeah. You can say, oh, this is what happened. This is why I was wrong. This, this changed or this went a little further north or a little further south than I thought. I remember... And, uh, I remember when I did my internship at KEYC uh, way back in the day, and the highest paid 
person at the the station was the meteorologist. And I don't know how right or wrong he was. I think he was wrong a significant, you know, a fairly high portion of the time. But either way, they get paid a lot of money. People uh, always they they need their weather to plan their day, and things change so rapidly. But uh, you know, with storm with winter storms and stuff, this this is just a little. It's just weird. It, it's very weird. Stations here in Sioux Falls over the past, I don't know, year or less, I guess year or so, like the, the first thing that when they come on the air, the first thing they do is the weather. Uh, before they, they tell you what stories are, the, the, literally the very first thing they do when they take the air is a wet little, like a 30 second little weather thing. I don't know if one of them started, the other's copy candidate. But before you see the anchors, before you know what stories you're going to see, the first thing you see is, hey, I'm here with the weather. Here's what the is going to be today. So it's literally the first thing you see now. And Keller's on, I think, uh, probably four times, four segments during the during the uh, show. Yeah. Like uh, in the first couple minutes, and then a long break around 10 or 12 after. Then it's another break before 20 after. I, I, I just saw this. I need to see it again. <laughs> and one final segment at the end of the show. So it's uh, very, it's a bit much for my liking. We had this radio consultant last year come in from California, and he's an older guy, probably 60s or early 60s. Mm-hmm. And um, he was telling us to know what to do at the station, how we could change things. And he said, you know, weather for weather, um, just say maybe today and tomorrow. That's all you need to do. What's the weather going to be today? What's the weather going to be tomorrow? That was his thoughts. Um, I disagreed with those thoughts because this is an agricultural community. Mm-hmm. You want to know what the weather's doing today, tomorrow. You want to know what the weather's doing this weekend and maybe even next week. So, uh, yeah. Today and tomorrow's nice, but I also want to know what's going to happen on Thursday. I also want to know what's going to happen this weekend. So, um, that Even if it changes for, three times in between now and then. Sure. That might work for California. That might work for other stations around the country. But here in the middle of nowhere, uh, where you kind of got to know, is it going to rain this weekend? Is it going to rain four or five days from now or not? Uh, given weather once, uh, given your weather today and tomorrow, doesn't quite work and doesn't really make sense. Well, so, think uh, of, at least uh, in this part of the world. Think about like places like Phoenix and San Diego, where it's yes. sunny all the time uh phoenix oh my gosh in the summer it's going to be hot 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 100 plus degrees uh this is it's hot folks you know make sure you put on plenty of sunscreen like does your forecast take more than like five minutes like or like two minutes it shouldn't san diego it's going it's going to be nice and pleasant 70 degrees and you know they have a rainy season that's when they need their longer forecasts but otherwise it's just freaking hot and the point of being a weatherman in phoenix it never rains. It's always 100 degrees. It's the temperature fluctuates with the season as it does everywhere else. But you're not tracking any storms in Phoenix, rarely. Seems yeah. like it's it'd be pretty boring. Desert, yeah. Vegas weather. Yeah. It never rains in Vegas. Yeah. Again, they, they do have the rainy seasons. Um and sometimes a freak storm, but very rarely. Like the 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 temperatures change far more drastically here than they do down there. Um, 
so I mean that and that that's just weird so we'll keep track of the storm here and that's the first of two because there's another one that's going to come in Friday and Saturday they don't really know what the hell that's going to do at this point and this is very impactful because college game day is coming to Minneapolis this weekend oh, for the wow. first time ever they will be at the University of Minnesota and with this storm, they still don't really know when it's going to hit, where it's going to hit, what it's going to do. I think right now Minneapolis is just supposed to have some rain and snow showers with temperatures in the mid-30s in you know at, at Saturday afternoon. The kickoff is at 2.30. Kirk Street. Chris Fowler will be on the call. Uh, college game day is going to be there. It's going to be wild. and uh, I mean, of course it's going to snow and, and do all this crap. Like what? You know what? We haven't had a, st- a big storm yet. Why? Do, why do two need to come in the same in the same week, no less? And of all weeks, Thanksgiving week. It's just crazy. Mother well, it nature. is winter. Well, it's not winter; it's fall, but it is snow season, November, December. So it should be exciting. Yeah, I think we're going to get like maybe another couple inches throughout the week, maybe an inch Thursday, and maybe an inch this weekend. Not anything big. That's just on and off storm. The last two weeks have been amazing. It was 47 today. Very windy, but it was 47 degrees. I was just outside before I came in. I'm like, man, this is the last time it's going to be this warm probably until probably March. It's just nice. You can see the grass. It's not a mess outside. Walk outside with shoes. You don't want to take them off before you come in. You can wear nice little jackets. Yeah. We, we took Noah for a couple of walks this weekend, and it was it was nice. We're like, okay, well, this ain't gonna happen again, you know, uh, in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, you just gotta embrace it and enjoy it while it lasts. And like I say, there's a second storm coming that no one really knows what the heck it's doing, where it's going, or you know what it's, how much it's gonna dump. Like if we don't, if we don't quite, if we can't quite pinpoint what's going on tomorrow, I'm sure as hell ain't gonna guess what's gonna happen Thursday or Friday or this weekend. No. A uh, lot of people traveling here. Uh, we'll switch from weather to traffic. Uh, traffic on the, the 14th here, the 15 minute here, Mark. And uh, I posted this story last week, not to not to harp on South Dakota, because South Dakota had a really rough week. Uh, but I saw a a story on KSFY because I was just I was just going through the different uh, like Kello and KSFY and KDLT to see what uh, like. You know the reaction to the meth campaign issues were and everything, and I come across the story on on KSFY. It said, you know, lots of holiday travelers or lots of South Dakotans planning on traveling. You know, this Thanksgiving. Like, okay, I mean, so naturally, I'm just a little curious, and they're they're talking about how uh, 55 million people are going to be on the road or are going to be traveling this. Uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, and many of them are going to be so- are, are South Dakotans. A hundred, a hundred and fifty-eight thousand South Dakotans. That is a very misleading uh, headline because it's a lot of South Dakotans for the population. What would that be like? Twenty percent. Yeah, so almost twenty percent. Yeah. But I did the math and I posted it on Twitter. That is 0.002% of the entire nation uh, uh, that's traveling. 
Out of the 55 million people, 158,000 are from South Dakota. Do not say many of the people traveling are South Dakotans when they don't even equate to even half a percent of what's going on. That's It's a terrible headline. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Many of them know not, like not even 1% of them are South Dakotans. It is just stupid. Didn't make any sense at all. I just, it's fine that you're that you're tying in the local travel. Like, yes, that's a lot. There are plenty of South Dakotans that are going to be traveling. If you want to throw the national number in there and say, oh, 55 million are traveling, that's fine. But don't say many of the people traveling are from South or are South Dakotans. No, it's, well, it, it, it's that that's terrible. Many, like, it, many it, of them, many of them are not from South Dakota. In fact, fifty-four point eight million of them are not from South Dakota. That would be the far more accurate headline. I just, I saw it. It, it, it rubbed me the wrong way because you know, in in this day and age where journalism is under attack and under more scrutiny than it ever has before, you don't need headlines like that that just purvey false information your facts your numbers may be right but if you're misleading people you may as well be fox news I'm, oh i'm sorry uh, it's, it's not no not even i know i know i know that was a that was a low blow i apologize but the, yeah. the point is you don't want to mislead people with a false headline true so I don't know. It's kind of like misleading people with a false uh, ad campaign. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. May as well just roll right into that here. Uh, how goes... Uh, I mean, we had we had a lot of fun last week regarding the meth. Uh, I had asked Charlie if he was on it. Uh, you know, what, what's Iowa he doing? Moved <laughs> he moved out of the state. He moved out of the state. He did. He got out at just the right time. Uh, so I, you've been following this for the last week. What is the latest, uh, what's the aftermath of this? Uh, saw a couple of stories. I didn't really pick up on anything like the late night stuff. Daily Show didn't do anything from what I saw. But, uh, I mean, Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, seems to be pretty dug in, you know, digging her heels into this. And everyone else around the campaign seems to think it's doing a good job. I, I would say far from it, given all the memes and the... You know, there is some sh- there is some merchandise that's going for sale that's going to help you know, like go to the addiction centers, which is great. But that's not, I guess, really the purpose of tackling the whole meth problem. People are making fun of it and trying to make a buck in the process. Yeah, it was a dumb idea. It's died down now, thankfully. She's going to be in Mitchell next Thursday morning. I'm here to see her. It'll be fun to do that. Um. KSFY, speaking of that, they had a story, oh, Kello, Kello had a story. A uh, hundred, was it a hundred and some thousand people? 170,000 people or so, 140,000 or so, visited the website, which is called onmeth.com. The website they picked is onmeth.com. That's another feather in their cap. And uh, 7% of the visitors to that site were from the state. 10,000 of the... 140, whatever it is. We're from the state, so that's not doing what it's supposed to do, and 7% of the states 
it's visiting the site from all the state visitors. So what does that tell you? But this is not working in this state. So um, 1.2, 1.4 million different type of numbers rolling out there. And um, look at the proposal of this company. They say it tested well. I want to, I want to talk to those people. What did you test? What did you test? That's nice. That, 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 this is a good idea. Part of one of their campaigns was having the governor wear a shirt that said, I'm on mess. That did not happen. Um, I don't know if they're going to do this, but they had, in the proposal, they had pictures of merchandise, shirts, hats, stickers for your phones, computers, bumper stickers for your cars saying, I'm on mess. Who would, who would put that? Who would, who would even? Who would wear a shirt? Who would wear a shirt that said, I'm on mess? Who would wear a hat that says, I'm on mess? Like, this is so, so many other ideas other than this. There's one, yeah, there's one company out there that's got a shirt out that says, mess, let's treat it. Fuck, that's a lot, a lot better than what we came up with, isn't it? Yeah, it let's, is. Let's treat it. Not mess, we're on it. Mess, let's treat it. And they're selling shirts and things like that. And that seems to make a whole lot of hell a lot more sense than uh, what we came up with. And and you see some of the the memes and and stuff like people poking fun at it. The North Dakota tourism uh, Twitter account had a lot of uh, uh, things that a lot of uh, clever ideas, like oh, you know, South Dakota is finally going to be higher than North Dakota. Uh, uh, they, they, they just stuff like that. I mean. It, it's it's real. If you search, you know, just use the hashtag South Dakota. I think you'll be able to find it. Uh, I mean, it's just we're on a couple shows. Saturday Night Live did a little thing. Uh, James Corden did a thing. Seth Meyers, they apparently did a thing. I didn't see it. So there were a couple of the second rate shows did, did did a little something on it. In in the people that you've talked to within the last week. What are their thoughts on it? I would, I mean, I assume. I mean, it appears that the majority of South Dakota views this as incredibly stupid, and yes. uh, and not only stupid, but upset with the idea that you're outsourcing this to ad agencies in, like, in Minnesota, out of state, to come up with this terrible proposal. I just don't, their, their idea, I think this is, this is what they wanted. They wanted us to be talking about this. They wanted the outlandish reaction to something that's ridiculous. So they've gotten that. But this isn't helping the problem any. Did they not see, okay, this is going to be one of the results. Uh, did you not see this is going to be a laughing stock? This is going to be on all the shows that people are going to make fun of it? Mm-hmm. I get work. Were you not aware of that? Like we all, the moment I saw this, it's like, oh shit, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> Shows like all oh, on, you know, all of these media outlets, uh, print and radio, I guess, ABC News, uh, top of the hour where I work, the one station, ABC News every hour at the top of the hour for four mm-hmm. minutes. That it was on that. Like, they've got three minutes to talk about news in this country and anywhere else. They decided that that's one of the stories they were going to mention for 10 or 15 seconds. And they did. So, it's, it's not helping the problem. Like, uh, like, what do you want me to do? 
meth one, and okay, we got a meth problem in the state. Okay, we were kind of aware of this before. Um, what what do you want me to do? She says it affects everybody. Well, it doesn't. There were what three thousand some arrests last year for meth. That's a lot, but it's not that many. It's it's skyrocketed. The percentages of people that have that are on meth compared to a decade or two decades ago, it's up a lot, hundreds and hundreds of percent percentage points. It still doesn't affect me. I heard Charlie say he's never met anybody on meth. He's never seen anybody on meth. He hasn't seen anything. So to say this is affecting everybody, but no, we're trying to lie to me and say, you know, that this affects everybody. And like we said, it's in the two big population centers of the state. And if you live in the middle of nowhere, uh, it affects Indian country as well. If you're not living in one of those three spots, probably doesn't affect you a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, I'm sure as hell doesn't affect me, because uh, like Charlie, I've never seen it. I don't think I've ever seen anybody on it. Then the governor goes on fake news, Fox News, and does an interview, and what, what she does is she claims, and I would love to ask her about this, and she claims, I think uh, a couple weeks ago or whatever it was, that she was in a restaurant, and she saw a mother uh, with child with children that she claims was high on meth. The governor sees this, the head of the state, and apparently didn't do anything, didn't call the cops, didn't go up to this person and say, hey, you look like you have a problem, can I offer you any help? She just said it happened. She was in a restaurant, saw somebody that she thinks was on meth. Did this happen? I don't know. I assume it did. Maybe I give her too much credit. But when, if you're the governor and this big meth campaign is maybe coming out very soon, wouldn't you go up to her or do something and say, hey, you've got a problem, it appears. Uh, what what can we do? But apparently she didn't do any of that because she's worthless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because we had discussed it last week. And I'm glad you brought up the, the population centers because it is, it is affecting Minnehaha and Pennington. So Sioux Falls and yeah, so yeah, so it is it a statewide problem? I, I suppose to a degree, but is it more of a big city problem and you know like a, a, the, the reservation problem? Yes. Why don't we focus our efforts on those areas and then combat it overall once those low, you know, once those areas get the lower levels? To me, yeah, it's just it's stupid. Um, I never heard of Christy Nome until probably, what, 2008 or whenever she took office uh, for a U.S. house seat. She beat, she beat Stephanie Herseth Sandlin, which I couldn't believe at the time. Yep. Like, who, who, who the hell is, who the hell is, this, who, who the hell is Christy Nome? She's some state representative or state senator in here. I like, she beat, oh, how did this happen? So she does that and she becomes governor. And I figured she'd win because she's a Republican in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And she barely won. She won by like less than 4%. She had like 51 some percent of the votes. And Billy Sutton, a rancher in a wheelchair, had, uh, had an accident uh, a few yeah. years back. So he's in a wheelchair for life now. And he didn't hear one thing. And I believe didn't, didn't, her, didn't her campaign kind of poke fun at it? And that really drew the ire of quite a few people. Like her campaigns are running on the radio, so many can so many ads, and some of the ads, I, the ads that they ran, they listed, no, this, and this, and this, and this, this is why you should not vote for Billy Sutton. Like, you, you listed all of those things, 
those are all positives for me. You listed all things that I'm like, yep, uh, I like all those things that you just mentioned. Those things that are supposed to turn me off, I actually like all those things. Gun control and this and that and the other thing, I don't like those things. So why the fuck would I vote for you when you don't want that? I vote for this guy, and I didn't actually vote for him, but I voted for him. So, people don't like her, obviously, because she only got 51% of the vote. May is playing a very, very red state. Mm-hmm. And she went for election in a few years. It was only her first term. Talked about the hemp situation a, while, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. But uh, well, hopefully she doesn't win again. Not like she does anything anyway. But Jesus Christ, what a, what a disaster this, this has become. <laughs> Well, uh, well, we'll keep tabs on it. We'll probably won't do a segment on it next week unless it uh, unless it warrants it. But uh, yeah, just I I don't even know. Like I showed some people this, uh, uh, you know, over the weekend, my and they're dad, like, "What my is dad this?" Was like, what? My dad saw the commercial. Like, what is this? What is this? What is this? Are these people on meth? What you thought? Like, are these people all on drugs? They're like, no, they're not on drugs. It's- tongue-in-cheek, I'm on meth, uh, I'm not really, I, I, I said it, and so you can think, I mean, is this 80-year-old lady at church, is she on meth? That doesn't look right. And, um, and it's how they uh, said it, too, because, you know, towards the end, they're like, I'm on it, so like, they're, the inflection in their voice indicated, like, yeah, I'm on this, like, I'm on it to fix the problem, but the you know the old rancher and the old church lady it's like i'm on it like oh oh my oh my god you're on meth and you go to the website okay what do you want me to do what do you want me to do somebody that's not affected by meth has no connection to anything what do you want me to do about 3500 people getting uh getting thrown into jail because of meth every year what do you want me to do about it do I see it? No. Do you want me to fucking go and seek it out and go to the shady parks and want me to go see it? Like, what, what do you want me to do? It, it affects so I everyone. It. I'm, on, I'm on it. I'm on what? I'm on the case to, to hunt down the mess, the mess heads. What the hell do you want me to do? I have no idea. That's, that's one. What the hell am I supposed to do that has not been answered to me yet? It's just, she says, go to the website. Even though people are poking fun at it, Go to the website. Look at it. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. You're supposed to go to restaurants, and you're supposed to yes. just look for people who might be on meth and say, hey, this person might need help, but I'm not going to go help them and, and do anything of any significance whatsoever. Yes, in an aspect where you actually do meet a person on meth, I sure as hell ain't going to do anything about it, because I don't want to be around them. You're the <laughs> governor, and she apparently thought the same way. Oh boy, this it's 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 fascinating. Okay, anyway, on to uh, on to uh, sports related items. Uh, as mentioned, the, you know the storms are the winter storms are hitting the Midwest, the great you know the the plains, and they'll hit Minneapolis early this week. They'll hit them again over the weekend. College game day is going to be in Minneapolis for Wisconsin and Minnesota. It's a big deal uh, because a this is bigger than a Penn State game. It doesn't, I don't know if it's because it's so early in the week, it doesn't feel like it right now, but there's so much more on the line in yes. this game. Yep. 
Penn State. I, the Penn State game was big because it was the fourth-ranked team in the country that was coming in, and people had the doubts of Minnesota. So this was the the, the game to validate the their status among the best teams in college football, and they did that. This game, though, you're right, has so much more on the line because a, it's not just a rivalry game with the Paul Bunyan axe that Minnesota won last year, and Wisconsin's going to be peeved about it and try and get it back. But B, the winner goes to uh, to Indianapolis to take on Ohio State, where they will get shellacked, whoever that may be, Minnesota or Wisconsin, and it's a berth in the pack tw- in the in the Rose Bowl. I saw Jerry Palm on CBS Sports. He he for whatever reason thinks that Penn State's gonna make it to the to the Rose Bowl, and I suppose that. Not uh, that's not inconceivable, but I would think that you would gr- give the 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 Big Ten runner up uh, uh, a number uh, uh, you know a Rose Bowl berth. I mean, so Brett McMurphy also had Penn State, and um, yeah, I mean Penn State's going to be the second highest ranked team when it's said and done here. So... Are they, though? Like, how... Yeah. It, okay, so the the rankings right now, Penn State is 8th. They will drop to probably 10? Oh, Penn State, I guess they'll drop, yeah. 10 or 11? They play Rutgers. They, they play Rutgers this week. So that's not going to do much. So let's say, you know, Wisconsin's going to probably be ranked 11th or 12th. If they beat Minnesota, Minnesota's because Oregon lost inexplicably to Arizona State. Uh, so that and that sucks for the Pac-12. That really hurts Utah's chances in all yeah, of this. Yeah, it was funny though. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't know. I didn't know about that until Sunday morning. Oh. <laughs> God, I laughed my ass off. Oh, it's so funny. Like it's so funny. Here, the Pac-12 has their like they're in the driver's seat for the fourth seed. Uh, the fourth, they were. they were. That's what. That's what I mean. And for yeah. Oregon to screw this one up, uh, it's just like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Um, so Utah still has a chance in this, but that's the Pac-12's only hope now. But. Oregon's going to drop. You know, of course, Penn State's dropping. So Minnesota's going to leapfrog both of those teams. So they're going to... fell to 14 in the media for us. Yeah, they fell a lot. So there's... Minnesota's going to be ranked no worse than 8 in the college football playoff ranking. So let's say they beat Wisconsin, which I think is very is very doable. If they do that, then you're... Well... I think at the end of the day, Penn State, Penn State has two losses. Right now, Penn State is 12, Minnesota is 9 in the media poll. I think Minnesota will drop if they lose to Ohio State a couple. I mean, it's, it's going to be very close. You know, Penn State and Minnesota, I think they're going to be probably in that 9 or nine and 10 spot. I just think if you're... if. Whoever wins this game is going to jump. They're going to they're going to leapfrog Penn State, assuming that Wisconsin is like if if Wisconsin wins, they're going to leapfrog Penn State. And then if there's a you know if you're going to lose to the number one or number two ranked team in the country in the Big Ten championship game, I can't see you falling that much because Penn State's going to be idle. They don't have any one to they won't they don't have anyone to play. So. 
can you really drop them lower? I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. And if we're gonna look at the resume here, Penn State beat Michigan. That's a good. It's a good win. Michigan's playing better, but Michigan's likely gonna have three losses because they're gonna lose to Ohio State this week. So, help help me out here with. With where the if Minnesota wins, they're going to have wins over Penn State. I mean, so that that should automatically be the you know the trump everything, and then they would have a win over Wisconsin too, a highly ranked Wisconsin team. Those two wins are better than anything Penn State would have. Minnesota, if they win, they should go to the Rose Bowl. Um, I don't see Wisconsin going to the Rose Bowl with three losses. I think Penn State sure. would get in yep. over Wisconsin. Okay, I'm fine with that. Also, Iowa State, and they dropped. They still dropped three spots somehow. I don't know why Penn State. No, they they dropped three spots, and they they were a pretty competitive game against Iowa State. Yep, and they lost their starting quarterback, Sean Clifford. So, yeah, I I just really right now it, it comes down to Alabama, Utah, and Oklahoma. Assuming Georgia doesn't win. Assuming LSU beats Georgia, come down to those three teams, and Oklahoma has been as unimpressive as you could possibly. Yes, they had the and interception in the end zone or at the goal line, away from if they hadn't gotten that, TCU likely scores a touchdown, and then Oklahoma would have had to drive down the field and um, for a game tying field goal or a game winning touchdown. I would have a major problem if Oklahoma got in over Alabama. If Utah wins, I mean, if Utah wins, Oregon may not even be in the top 20 anymore. They're at 14 right now, the way this is going. Yep. So that win doesn't look nearly as good. Um, I think if Utah wins, they are in. I don't think, for me, Oklahoma can't get in. Unless Alabama loses to Auburn. Which I don't think. I don't. How how can how can you justify putting Oklahoma in over Alabama? I don't care about. Everybody talks about a conference title. We have to put it in perspective. How good was your conference? Was it good? Did you did were you like Oregon in what 2011 and you beat a five and seven UCLA team mm-hmm. to win your conference? You beat Baylor, who's ten and one, but nobody. I mean, you're ten and one, and you're ranked eleventh. Like you're fucking Boise State. I mean, no, nobody takes Taylor seriously. They also can't win very impressively. Well, uh, maybe Texas. Maybe Texas good for them. Texas has shit the bed. Like Texas ever since then. Yep. Want to do here? Um, I, how how do you justify putting in? Uh, I hope. Oregon beats Utah, so we get Alabama, Oklahoma, get this debate here. I have no idea. Any, I, 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 the conference title thing, I just don't buy that. Who's better, Oklahoma or Alabama? Alabama is better in every goddamn aspect of the game. Well, they here, just don't. here's the thing. If, and if they played right now, I think Alabama would win. No, there has been talk. Well, not talk. I heard it, I think it was on Golikawingo. It was maybe suggested in jest, I would imagine, that LSU should let Georgia win the SEC championship game because then Georgia would get in, LSU would be in, Ohio State, and Clemson. 
So I mean, you. Who's your best? Uh, I think I want to say it was Trey Wingo. Um, Jesus Christ! I, mean, <laughs> I I I think it was said in jest, but yes. The the point being that would you rather see a? I would say you would rather see Georgia than Alabama, but then again, Alabama doesn't have Tua. So how how threatening is Alabama in the college football playoff? It would just be the fact that they're back there again. So I don't know, like. It, just win the game and see what happens. Well, okay. So if Auburn Girl. beats if Auburn beats Alabama this week, though, then everything is moot. Like they aren't getting in. Well, then it's Utah. Then it's Utah or bust here. Like if Alabama's done, then it comes down to Utah and Oklahoma. And Oklahoma should win. I mean, they, they almost lost to Baylor. So who all knows? But well, so let's say Alabama, Utah, Oklahoma, and Georgia all lose. It's very unlikely that they all lose, but all possible. Mm-hmm. Is Alabama going to lose to Auburn? Probably not. But maybe. Uh, could Oregon beat Utah? Yeah. yeah. Could Baylor beat Oklahoma based on the first game? Yes. And uh, is Georgia going to lose to LSU? Probably. I would say, uh, I don't know, maybe two of those four things happen. Uh, let's say they all lose. Then what? A, a, a catastrophe happens. I That's my dream scenario right there. What, what, the, what the hell would you do? Would you put in Baylor? Does Baylor get in at 11 and 1? Big 12 champs. Since they are your top ranked, they're the only other one loss team going. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Does like, Baylor like, get in? Wait, is, that, is that what happens? Could be. What if Minnesota wins out, though? I mean, it. it but they're in. If Minnesota wins, they will be in the playoffs. Okay. So, yeah. And, and, but then if they were to win, Ohio State would still get in, too, right? Yes. It would be LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Minnesota. Let's say, just for the sake of argument here, and we can we can go over the again. This is all contingent on Minnesota beating Wisconsin. I hope like hell they do. Like this is this is big stuff here for Minnesota. And if they had just beaten Iowa, then we wouldn't even have to worry about this. We're talking about them in Indianapolis, and we can we can have more oh, fun. You have to win. You, you would, but you, we, we would have more fun with it because we would know for sure that they'd be in. We're clearly playing the hypothetical game, and it, the fact that they it's a big game against Wisconsin, that scares the living hell, I think, out of just about every Gopher fan out there. But let, let's just say that Minnesota wins and the Big Ten, and then Georgia wins the SEC. What, what, what happened? What happens there? Yeah. Minnesota probably gets left out because they're the least big name and have the least number of good wins, maybe. To be Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State, oh, that's pretty good. Well, well, I Clemson's see. in because Clemson would get in. Uh, Georgia would get in. LSU would get in. It comes down to Minnesota and Ohio State. Uh, those teams played. Minnesota beat them. By all rights, Minnesota should get in over Ohio State. Would Clemson be that, in though? That is where that is where the conference title matters. You see, mm-hmm. because it's two top ten teams and it's a head to head, and that is a uh, that is a conference title that matters uh, much more. Would Clemson be in though? Because oh, yeah, it, they'd be the, they'd be the only undefeated team left. They'd be the number one seed. This could Georgia, Georgia maybe. I mean, this could be the only undefeated team left. 
good or bad, they would jump Ohio State. This could be a UCF situation, though, because, you know, the no. con- uh, uh, Central Florida from a couple years ago, because Clemson hasn't played anyone of any note except for Texas A&M, and that was relatively un- Like, they have steamrolled over everyone, and – so don't get me wrong when I when I say that they've scored fifty plus points in four straight games, forty plus points in all six games since the the one point win against North Carolina. But if they if you look at their schedule, Minnesota clearly would have more would have better wins than Clemson. Georgia would have better wins than Clemson. LSU would have better wins than Clemson. Ohio State then I think they all have worse losses than Clemson. They do. They do because they exactly. I it would it would be very interesting. A lot would have to happen. For, for me, for me, this comes down to Minnesota or Ohio State. Clemson's in because they're undefeated. Georgia's in because they won the best conference. LSU's in because they're the best team. It comes down to Ohio State and Minnesota, and this is where you give it to Minnesota. Okay. Not not saying you're wrong. I'm just. I'd, it, I would hope that Minnesota would get it. I mean, but they would have to. I mean, it would take a sheer miracle for them to beat uh, Ohio State. Ohio they, they State. They can beat Wisconsin. Yes. Well, they yes, they can. Yes. Ohio State, that's a different story. Yep. Completely. So let's see what happens there. Um, Lamar Jackson is. Who would ki- you pick? Okay, yeah. let, let's say things go as we expect. Okay. Uh, like Oregon, Utah. I don't. I have no idea who's winning that game. But let, let's say it comes down to Alabama, Utah, and Oklahoma, and they all win, and they're all at one loss. I assume Utah gets it. We're saying LSU beats Georgia, yes. right? Okay. Like everything goes as we expect okay. it will. Maybe, yep. it, maybe it won't. Everything yep. goes, you know, as Utah wins, Oklahoma wins. Yeah, Alabama I would. Wins. I would. I would take Utah. Over. I think Utah would get it. Let's say Oregon wins. Then what happens? Does Alabama get in or does Oklahoma get in? Say, it's got to be Alabama. Uh, how the how the hell do you put in Oklahoma? But Al- Alabama hasn't played anyone really either. Who would? Well, I guess they would have. They would have beaten Auburn. Auburn. But Oklahoma can say, "Hey, we beat Baylor twice." But Baylor's not any good. Well, they only have one loss. Who's Baylor beaten? Who's Baylor's best win? They don't have a good win. Stephen F. Austin? <laughs> no. Yeah, but again, though, that kind of plays into uh, you know the Clemson thing. Who's Clemson's best win against? They don't have a bad loss, but they don't have a good win. A&M? And, and, I mean, they're—they're they're not even. I mean, they're—they're they're in. They're in. I'm just saying, if you and, and they're the defending national champs, and for me, that doesn't matter because this year is this year. Yep. And ACC is just atrocious. And what winner of Virginia, Virginia Tech, winner of that game gets to the championship game. So. Yep. I the winner, can't, winner of that game probably goes to the Orange Bowl. So that's, that's a big game for the Virginians. I can't see Baylor getting in because look at these close games. Like they had a close game with Rice. Two win rice. Uh, How does Oklahoma get in? 
They, they beat they, they, they beat Iowa, Iowa State's good. They beat them by one. Yeah, but again, they're they're playing with fire here. They beat TCU. TCU's no good. Yep. They beat them by four last week. A very questionable game. You, you saw that Baylor game went. They were down by fucking four touchdowns. Yeah. I mean that that matters to me. So uh, they barely beat Texas. Um, they started off pretty hot, and everybody was all on Jalen Hurts for the uh, the Heisman. Yep. This last month has been not good for Oklahoma. They could have lost any one of these four games. They won three of the four. It, all four of them were toughers. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, someone who played college football at Louisville, he's just uh, tearing up the, the L.A. Rams right now. Lamar Jackson has four passing touchdowns. He's 11 of 13. For 132 yards, four touchdowns. Ravens are currently up right now, 35 to 6. He has 80 yards rushing. He's like, he, he, yeah, he's your MVP. Yep. Yep. Uh, they, they are your Super Bowl favorite. I would, I would assume. I would assume so too. Uh, I would say probably that it could be a rematch of the Flacco uh, of the of the Lights Out game at the Superdome. Uh, San Francisco, San, San Francisco dismantled uh, Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers had 33 pass attempts, and he only had 104 passing yards. Like, it's very Mitch. It's very. How Mitch, dare you use his first name? Mitch Trotsky. So, yeah. <laughs> this, this does not seem like it's a, a good year. I mean, NFC's got a lot of teams that are going to win like 11, 12, 13 games. They'll have five of them. They'll have four. Five. Five. They'll have five. But there, there's not one great team out there, you know. And then, oh my God! There's this team. Who's did, gonna beat did, this team? Did the San Francisco like, game not raise oh. an eyebrow at all for you? Like the way they yeah, dismantled the Green Bay? You think the Packers are a lot good? I thought the Packers would win, and that was definitely surprising. I don't. Th- I don't think the Packers are that good. Uh, I think their record. Well, this, this, and this win should not be all that great. Then, if you don't think the Packers are one of the three or four best teams. I th- if the Vikings win out, they're going to be the two seed. I see them losing to Seattle and Green Bay game. I don't know, but because yep. I, I don't see Green Bay losing again. I see them I losing. They lose to they'll, they'll, won't they'll lose to Minnesota if Matthew Stafford comes back for that game, that final, the season finale. I say the Lions beat the Packers because they were they should have beat Green Bay in Green Bay back in October. But you look at the okay. So let's look at the Packers wins here as of late as of late i'm just looking at the panthers game in the snow there's no reason why the panthers should have even had a chance to get that win and, and they did the, they got a, they got smoked by the chargers in a game that they didn't even show up in the the chiefs game they were playing matt moore you're playing patrick mahomes again i guarantee you the chiefs win that one they just got smoked by the 49ers like i i just don't see this and their schedule is very easy down the stretch. They have games against the, the two-win Giants and two-win Washington. They have the Bears at home. They have the three-win Lions. So, yes, it, it all it's all going to come down to that week, week 16 Monday night game against the Vikings. But I think it comes down to Seattle. If the Vikings win next Monday night, I think they, they, they win out. Yes. They go 13-3, and they're the two-seed. Yep. I think the Seattle game is so massive. Yes. Just looking ahead, this is such a huge game. Because if you can beat Seattle, you better not lay an egg at, uh, against the Chargers. 
you got to beat the Bears for once, and you'll always beat the Lions, and that Green Bay game becomes even more big. If you can win out, you're going to be the two seed. Because I think what New Orleans plays against San Francisco. Yes, two weeks. You need need San Francisco to win that one. So, big game. Yeah, Very large game coming up next Monday night. Yes. And San Francisco does play Baltimore this week. And they're at New Orleans. Like, the two road games, at Baltimore and at New Orleans, that's very, very challenging. So we'll learn a lot from, about the 49ers, but we did learn a lot from them there. Uh, the Cowboys lose to the Patriots 13-9. It was a, a terrible game, uh, terrible conditions. Jerry Jones is upset with Jason Garrett, uh, but he should be more upset with the officials because the officials on Sunday called two tripping penalties against the Cowboys. Both were phantom tripping calls. The NFL is terrible when it comes to officiating this year. We've said it week in and week out. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse. That's not good. Dwayne Haskins missed the final snap of the of Washington's rare win over Detroit because he was taking a selfie with a fan. Uh, Nick Foles sucks in the regular season. Apparently, he's just got uh, magic when it comes to the playoffs. The Steelers had to bench Mason Rudolph, uh, you know our favorite uh, Steelers quarterback, uh, who you know started a bit of a fight the other week against the Browns, and some. Guy named Devlin Hodges, who beat the Chargers earlier this year, but he comes in, throws a 79-yard touchdown. The Steelers almost lost to the Bengals, but again, the Steelers were without like seven players, so that makes sense. Like the the NFL, it's just it's crazy, week in and week out. It just it never never stops. Never the the Saints. Joey Sly, uh, oh Virginia Tech, oh misses a 28-yard field goal. The Panthers probably would have beaten the Saints. Like I don't think the Saints are all that good. Uh, I, I still don't think Seattle's all that is good. Is any team any good besides, like, the Ravens? New England isn't anything. Like, is any team any good this year? If it's not the Ravens, then I don't know who the hell it is. New England can punch their way to a 14-2 and record in home field and all this shit. But San Francisco? Their offense fairly bad. Yes. Kansas City can't. It's just, no, it's just... San- the Vikings, it's like, no. They just, no. This, they yes, or they don't. You never know. Maybe it's the Vikings, but their defense isn't even that good this year. So, look at Week Seventeen. Maybe it's Titans at Texans if the Titans are in, and the Texans are there. Um, San Francisco, Seattle, to me, seems like the obvious Week Seventeen game, and maybe that's a game that decides the, the number two seed. I don't think we've had a game that big on, on week 17. It's always some bullshit to get into the playoffs against yep. two not great teams. So. And, and here's the I'd thing. I'd like to keep San Francisco at Seattle week 17. So the Rams are going to lose on on this Monday night game, barring an epic miracle. So they're pretty much done. So I like the it would take NFC a, set. NFC set. Yes. We're good to go. It's set with the playoff teams, but not the seedings, because Seattle and San Francisco are going to beat up each other. I think the Rams could still possibly steal a game from Seattle uh, when they come down to L.A. Uh, I I don't think that's a foregone conclusion that Seattle will win that game. Uh, Who knows what the Rams could do in San Francisco? Probably not a lot. But, like, the Rams will be factored. Like, I don't think that San Francisco and Seattle is set. 
by any stretch. The Saints, they do have to play the 49ers. Who knows? Maybe the Falcons can stir up some magic again and and uh, and win. The Saints still have to go play the Titans, and the Titans all of a sudden with Ryan frickin' Tannehill look really good right now. Like, go figure that. Uh, I mean, the Saints by no stretch, given the way their defense is going, there there's no guarantee that they are going to be the the two seed. They could be a three or a four seed. They could be a three. They're not going to be a four because the, the East is going to get the four seed regardless. Yeah, well, yeah, so yeah. do the Vikings. So do the Vikings. So, um, really, this one through three seeds are all still up for grabs as far as I'm concerned. Dallas and Philadelphia looks like they play, whatever they play in a few weeks, looks week, like the week winner 16. of that game. Wins that division. Yep. Right, the Eagles. If the Eagles can win that game, they should win out. Boy, Fargo played a hell of a game on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, he, he's great. He's fucking fantastic. <laughs> um, Eagles. I mean, Eagles. Should, if the Eagles can beat Dallas, they should be ten and six. They're five and six right now. They've got the Giants twice. They've got Washington. They've got Miami. They've got three of the five worst teams you can fucking imagine. Both on schedule, and they bat Dallas. So, yeah, no, no reason why the Eagles shouldn't uh, ultimately win the NFC East, and then Jerry Jones will make massive changes here. But we'll see how it goes. But anyway, this week, week fourteen or week thirteen coming up, the big game is you know, Titans Colts is big too for the AFC South and wild card. We'll see what uh, see if the Browns can keep their win streak going against the Steelers. But uh, it's really Baltimore hosting San Francisco. That's the key one there. Raiders, Chiefs. We'll see if the Raiders, after that embarrassment, can do anything. And then Vikings, Seahawks. Like those are the three games. Uh, Patriots, Texans. Uh, sure, I guess. But uh, th- those are the big games this week. Give me, give me our Browns to get that six seed. Let's go Browns. Let's go. Let's go Cleveland. Just getting that up. Get that six seed at nine and seven. I mean, Bills, Cowboys. That was much. That, this is. Much uh, better than I figured it would be when that came out way back when mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. Bears Lions probably way worse than you expected it to be. Yeah. And yep. Saints Falcons probably a little worse. So. Yep. Not a great Turkey Day slate, regardless. Uh, last thing I have here. Um... Seattle's a three-point favorite. I would hammer that number until. Boots as cows come home. <laughs> Maybe it's a, it's a dirty 16-13 type of game. But, man, I hope they can keep it close, and I hope they can win. Uh, Seattle it... just doesn't, you know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Here's they weren't all that impressed with beating the lowly Eagles this week. They just kind of did it, didn't, didn't feel like they played well. Yep. But I... it, Seattle's just one of those teams, they're like the opposite of the Vikings. Like, yeah, big game. Yeah, Seattle's probably going to win. Big game for the Vikings. Yeah, they're probably going to lose. I hope, you know, like, yeah. I hope the Vikings don't fail to show up and can't do anything offensively like they did last year in Seattle on Monday night. I don't think that will be the case. I think they'll be just fine. Um, but, but If they can win out, the quarterback's going to probably be in the top three for MVP. Yes. The Vikings. Yep. And, but they've, you got Lamar Jackson, who... Most they, exciting guy going now. They've answered. Got, uh, I mean, Dak Prescott, if his team was better, I mean, he, he's doing what he can here. Yep. But it, it doesn't seem like it's a strong Hall of Fame or a 
strong MVP race this year. The Brady's aren't in there. And Christian McCaffrey Brady should still be in there despite the, the Panthers' 5-6 yeah. and six record. Yeah, Michael Thomas catching yep. a bunch of passes. Yep. So... Kirk Cousins, he could uh, he could be there. Yep, he could, and he's still he's he's crossed off the fourth quarter comeback. He's crossed off the the Sunday or the the road primetime game. So this now we're is, going outside, man. We're going outside in the elements. Thielen should be back, so that's that's big. Hopefully, Harry the Hitman will be there too. All will be okay. Uh, last thing I have, we'll talk plenty of college basketball here as the weeks progress. Hey, your Virginia Tech squad had a nice win tonight against uh, Michigan State, so uh, there you go. That's, that's good. Uh, but Maui Invitational. Really wish Michigan All State would have won. beat Dayton. They're in the finals. <laughs> I think they'll do that. Who'd Dayton beat? Shamanon? Dayton beat Georgia. Okay. Oh, that Georgia. It's, it's not a great. Uh, Michigan State and Kansas, and that's not going to have to count. Yep. Well, unless Kansas lose. But I. I I do have to say this. Luka Doncic is freaking amazing. I was going to bring him up. We talked about him a couple weeks ago, and I don't want to go too crazy here. We called Hall of Famer Pat Mahomes. I think we could just we could put Hall of Famer next to Luka already. Like this guy. I would say he's like one of the five best ever, but that's the short list. Here's what he's... he's He's like going to be one of the ten best players ever. He's he's got more points so far through like th- than Kobe Bryant at at this time. Uh, he has more rebounds than God. Like, he's more God. S- more more assists. He he's he's just putting up some staggering numbers right now. He can't be really be stopped. I thought it was crazy that Atlanta traded like out of that. Like I would have taken Luka Doncic over or over Trey Young. Now Trey Young could ultimately be very good for the for the Hawks, but unfortunately he's always going to be compared to Luka. And he's an all-star. He's an all-star, but Luka Doncic is superstar. Maybe the best player the best player not named Michael Jordan. So there you go. You mean LeBron James? No, better than no, no, no. Here's here's the stat I saw, and I think I mentioned this before. I saw this on Twitter again. From like December of 1990 to until he retired in '98, that's eight eight years, six seven seasons with the Bulls. Michael Jordan never lost three games in a row. They lost two a few times. They never lost three in a row. Like, people want to compare. Maybe some people maybe think LeBron's better. Like, like you're, and I think if you ask the players, like, probably 75, 80% would say Jordan is better. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really want to compare, like, it's not close. Right. Like, if you're, you really want to get down in the, in the fucking numbers, no. Don't, don't, don't even, don't even come to the fight, because it ain't going to be pretty. It just isn't. He lost. He never lost three games in a row in the entire fucking nineties, almost the entire for an entire decade. He didn't play all all, all games in the decade. Mm-hmm. But when he did, he never lost three in a row. He came back uh, to do the little baseball thing. He came back. You know how many games he missed, stacking? Uh, two? Zero games. That's yeah. how many games all he missed. Right. He played every goddamn game he could. 
He played every game in the playoffs. He played every regular season game. He played all 82. You know how many games he played when he was 40 years old? All of them. You know why? Because he did. That's why. Because he's fucking Michael Jordan. That's why. And Luca is fantastic. Um, I I would have taken him if I were Atlanta. So Atlanta's I think going to be kicking themselves. Hopefully Trey Young can can continue to progress and stuff. But I tell you what, Dallas is a playoff team, and they may be they may be the best team in Texas. They're probably better than Houston. They beat Houston the other day. I'm just saying, like Luca has got my attention. Am I going to watch any regular season ba- NBA basketball? Unlikely. Uh, the NBA is also like thinking about making changes, like a po- in postseason tournament. This is whole this, the whole thing sounds really stupid. Um, well, part of it is your thing about the reseeding. That would idea. be good. I'm fine with the reseeding, but they're like only that. doing that after the semifinals. Do the whole damn thing. Yes. Do it, do it right I mean, away. He's averaging, he's always averaging three points, ten rebounds, and ten assists. He's ever, I mean, Westbrook did this. He's a little bit more efficient than Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take only as many shots. And the tri- tri- triple-double last week when he played 25 minutes or something, and he had a 35 points triple-double. He had 21 points last year as a 19-year-old. He's averaging a triple-double, 30 points. He's 20 years old. Um, Giannis, he's fantastic. LeBron is great. All these other guys, Harden's uh, a chore to watch play ball. Uh, Luka Doncic. Drew asked, uh, with free agency and everything, and they've got Porzingis, who's a fine player. Again, the next five years, does he win a title? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think don't he know. wins. I think he wins one. I don't know how many wins. I think he wins one at some point. But uh, yeah, they're they're pretty good right now. But LeBron's not done, and Golden State's probably going to be should be pretty good next year. And Houston's still kicking, and the Clippers are really good. And so, but this guy, I mean, this guy, holy shit, this guy. Yeah, he's good. He's fun to watch. And he's so young. He's so young. He's twenty years old. Right. He's twelve. He, then that's the scary thing. Yeah, he's. Yeah. He is a lot of fun to watch. So. With this NBA deal, this in-season tournament, I like the idea, but what's the point? I don't know. What is the point? What, what are we getting? What's what? What do you get? You get extra money. Why should I care about an in-season tournament in the middle of January or February? I don't. I don't care about this. I think it's stupid. Uh, well, what's the other thing they want to do? Well, I think that they, they didn't they say they would still oh, yeah. play seventy eight games. Like, who, who cares that you're cutting out four games? That's one I week. Think, yeah. Like, if you're gonna I do a you, if you're gonna do an in season tournament, wouldn't that go longer than a week? Considering you have thirty teams. Like some teams would. Uh, I mean, if you lose, I think you're out. I think. So I don't. I don't know. Some teams would play more than others. Maybe. You got this where they want the seventh seed to play the eighth seed for one spot. And then they want the ninth seed to play the tenth seed. And the winner of that nine ten game plays the loser of the seven and eight game for the last playoff spot. I don't want to watch the seventh seed play the eighth seed. And I sure shit don't want to see number nine play number ten. Right. What we don't less less playoff teams, not more. 
Well, it's not like the NFL. You know what? NFL wants to add another game. 17 games. Uh, international game, maybe. Another bye week. So that's two more weeks. They want the goddamn Super Bowl to be at the end of February. Be dumb. I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. Add, add a bye week and add another game. And add another two, three weeks to the schedule. I bet they're... I, I'm assuming they're going to do that. I would. I'm. I'm okay with them expanding like to another two teams in the playoffs. I don't want a don't 17 need, game. Like, like, who, we don't need that. We don't need more playoff teams. It's, it's it rarely does it happen where it's like, ah, damn, so and so messed up. Maybe if they get in, maybe they would have done something. We'll never know. Right. But this year in the NFC, Dallas or Philadelphia are going to be the one team that's left out. And if they're left out, big fucking deal. Yep. You know, they're, they're going to be at 9-7, and seven, and they're not going to be worth the shit. In the AFC, pick one of a dozen teams. The Browns may miss it. The Steelers may miss it. Who the hell knows who's going to miss the playoffs? One of those South teams may miss it. If the Colts miss it, too goddamn bad. I can live without the goddamn 9-7 and seven Colts being in the playoffs. Right. No, you're right. So, you're, you're right. That's my humble opinion. <laughs> there we go. All right, well, Krins, uh, you have a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope the weather cooperates. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk uh, talk football and uh, maybe some college basketball and see what else is on the, the docket. But have a happy Thanksgiving, my friend, and uh, we'll oh, chat next week. SDC got that seven seed, you mentioned. Yes. And they're not on the NDSU side of the bracket. Which is good. People are excited about that. Yep. Um, Very so surprised about Northern, that. Yeah, they've got Northern Iowa uh, in a couple of weeks. How uh, dare you dismiss maybe, San Diego? Yeah, fuck San Diego. <laughs> uh, maybe you know, maybe they beat them. Maybe they don't. But if they do, they got to play play James Madison, and I know they're not winning that one. Right. I tweeted this out. Are people sure you want to play James Madison instead of NDSU? You know what NDSU is. You play them twice a year, every year. You played them a month ago, lost by seven with your backup quarterback. But that was in Brookings. You probably don't, you probably don't win either game, but I feel like you've got a better chance against North Dakota State. They never lose. Uh, James Madison's very good. I know what happened a couple years ago out there. I feel like they would have a better chance to beat NDSU up there than they would going way the hell out to James Madison. I, no, I don't. You, you, you think they've got a better chance of beating James Madison? I don't think they have a good chance either way. But we I know... they have a better... Yeah. We know, we know what the, we know what's going to happen in in Fargo. Um, they don't get blown out. Say what you will these last couple of years. I mean, their quarterbacks have been great. For SDSU and they've got a backup now. They play. They don't get blown out. They play them close. Uh, the, it's competitive. It comes down to the fourth quarter. It comes down to a drive. Not not, not last year. What happened in the playoffs? What happened last? Year? I think they lost like thirty-eight to seventeen or something like that. The playoffs? Yeah. Bullshit. I can. I'll, I'll pull that up here, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, it was a. It was a side. It was close in the third quarter. Like they all they they alternated touchdowns, and then the. There it was. 
yeah, and then and then NDSU pulled away, and that was that. Was it forty four twenty one? Yeah. But they they play them closer. They do. Yes, they they do. I feel like I feel like I feel like they got a better chance of beating North Dakota. I don't think they're beating anybody anywhere. Right. I I would agree with that. If 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 Jabori is healthy, if Pierre Strong is healthy, then I'm oh, totally. Man. Then I'm fine with then yes then I'm then I am all for them I like I said they they would have beaten uh they, they would have beaten NDSU yeah they they are one they're the one seed because they would have won the Missouri Valley they would their only loss would have been to the Gophers yeah they're a one seed if the quarterback stays the one or two oh I'll say number one I'll say they're they're the number one seed and NDSU is probably what the number three. And then, then yep. we're talking. Yes. Now we're talking. Yes. Yes, but but you know, after that happened, no. So I, I would rather not lose to NDSU again, uh, because that's what will happen this year. If they had a, smart, a stronger team, then I would be okay with them playing NDSU because I'd say, yeah, they have a shot. Uh, they don't have a shot this year. What would they have been if they would have beat USD a four seed? Oh, that's a great question. I would. Yeah. Ooh. You would still be on NDSU's side. Weaver State, Weaver State won the Big Sky. They had three losses. What three? A three-loss team. I don't know who they lost to. A three-loss team is your three seed. Well, Seems a bit odd. Yeah, let's uh, pulling it up. Here. Oh, I don't want. Yeah, what Sacramento State? They've never been there. They're the four seed. And they're in the Big Sky too, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And they've so... never made the playoffs. So two Big Sky teams, right there. Uh, I think yeah, obviously it's going to be James Madison and NDSU, right? Unless something happens. Yes. So. Yep. No. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah. Both Sacramento State and Weber State were seven and one, and yeah. I I just I just don't see it happening. I, I was surprised that they got the bye. I was expecting that they would be playing this weekend, but and so I'm happy about that. But no, they they are. Uh, I, I'm glad they won't have to lose to NDSU this year. And State City wants 15,000 people there. It's like, I know you want, but you're going to get about, I don't know. They've been getting 7,000, 7,500. Weather's probably not going to be great. So, I don't know. Maybe 5,000, six if you're fortunate. Yeah. But, so that's that. And... I'm looking forward. What a couple of weeks we'll be done with college football regular season. I can uh, my I will put out my 16 team playoff with all the conference winners. And then we get to do our uh, our uh, our confidence picks for the bowl bowl season yeah, again. Bowl so that, that's very. It's always the fun time. Uh, hopefully, I can do better this year than last year. It looks like there's a lot of garbage garbage bowls coming. So many garbage yeah bowls coming this this way. I think we need. How many more teams? We need six more teams to be bowl eligible. I think. I think so. I think we're at sixty-five right now, so maybe five. Six. We need six more or so. I think fourteen are fourteen have a chance. So hopefully we don't need to go into that five and seven there. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't think we're going. I don't think we're going. Uh, I'm gonna have Charlie Hildebrand on, or uh, you know who Charlie is. I'm gonna have Charlie on here. Yes, yeah. I'm gonna have him on here in a little bit, uh, and we are gonna go. We are gonna pick 
we're going to do the the bull bound or not, and we're going to pick all the five and six teams this week because yeah. uh, there's uh, Boston sure. College is one, UNC two in the ACC, one in the Big Twelve, uh, two in the Big Ten. So like there there are plenty of five and six. Like, yeah, so we'll have we'll have plenty of teams to pick from. So we we will not see yeah. any five and seven teams this year, which is good. It is. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a great Black Friday, and we'll see you on Cyber Monday. All right. That sounds good. Thank you, Krenz. Travis Krenz joining us here Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always, uh, from weather to traffic to meth and sports. Uh, It's great stuff. Great stuff, as always. Plenty of good uh, conver- uh, football conversation, too. Uh, we do hope to have Charlie Hildebrand on here to uh, play some bull bound or not. We'll talk more college football. Uh, you know, play the hypotheticals. College game days come in Minneapolis. That's great. That's the big game of the weekend. Uh, Alabama-Auburn's fight. But Minnesota-Wisconsin. This is for the right to go to Indianapolis to play Ohio State. So left Charlie on there, and we'll react to Week 13 in the NFL and make some picks. Uh, and that will wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, which can be found available on iTunes. Just or Not on iTunes, sorry. We used to be on iTunes. We're just on podcast.com. Find us on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at AndyStack and Facebook NathanStackin. Travis Krins is on Twitter at Travis Krins. A link posted to the podcast middle to later part of each week. Coming up next, Charlie Hildebrand, College Football Talk. Bullbound or not. Exciting stuff. It's coming up here next on this on the Thanksgiving week edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, and please be joined by my good friend and our college football expert here. Our resident college football expert is Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, happy thanks. Uh, let me be among the first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, just kind of hanging out in the middle of this snowstorm, which I hadn't watched The Shining recently. So hopefully I don't go crazy and, you know, start chopping doors down with axes or anything. Rat Rom. Rat Rom. You've also seen The Shining well, uh, before. Right? I, I know of it. I don't want, yeah, I've watched it before. I don't, uh, haven't watched, I think I've maybe seen it once in its I entirety. I've seen it twice. Like once when I was in high school, I think, and then mm-hmm. once like two weeks ago. But it, people know what Rad Rom is, so that's that. Uh, yes, the snowstorm is uh, barreling in on the plains right now. Uh, we're not getting much in St. Cloud at the moment, but uh, we'll see what that happens there. Crins, I know, got hit hard earlier, and we, we were talking about that. Uh, we're recording it as the storm is hitting. So, um, yeah. Now, I mean... Since I'm not in South Dakota anymore, we can get your perspective from Minnesota, Krenz from South Dakota, and me from Iowa now, where I, you know, I've lived in South Dakota before. That's right. And we do have to take Krenz's uh, thought with, with a little you know, a caveat, because he might be on meth. We don't know for sure. but <laughs> That's true. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll begin. Uh, we're talking... Off, off. Uh, you know, before we recorded, I uh, we'll just bring it up now, uh, or I want to bring it up again. Baseball, you're telling the listeners that we talked briefly before we start. Right, right. Um, 
Akron is terrible at football. I don't know if you could possibly be as bad as Akron is this year. Um, like their offense is just like awful. This year, are we talking in like modern college football? No, I, I mean, well, because I was gonna say, I think you could be worse, but only like SMU death penalty. You got all freshmen, and we sure. didn't play this season before. I be, don't have scholarships outside of stuff like that. I think you're probably right. I'd be curious to see how many, like how young of a team this is. Uh, yes, Zach Gibson, their quarterback, is a freshman. But, I mean, they are terrible. I mean, for goodness sakes, they lost to UMass. That's not good because UMass is really bad. They have the worst defense ever. UConn finished last year. I know UConn, I don't remember if they won a game or not. I believe they did. UConn gave up more points in the the history of FBS football than anyone ever. They beat Rhode Island last year. Okay, they beat Rhode Island. Now, granted, Rhode Island's an FCS school. I don't know if they, I don't remember if they were good or not. As you and I, there's some people don't know this, but you and I know. You know, if you're a decent FCS school, you're better than like the bottom 40 FBS schools. Maybe even more than 40. I mean, if you're a really good FCS school, it might be the bottom 60. Right. Um, you know, just looking here at their roster, I pulled it up. There are not very many seniors. Uh, well, okay, they. Well. Here's the five so of, it could be a good or a bad thing. It could be a good thing in terms of, hey, experience coming back, but a bad thing in terms of, if they're this bad, do you want these guys back? Here, here's here's an odd statistic. Four of their six tight ends are seniors. Interesting. That is uh, two senior offensive linemen, a uh, bunch of freshmen and sophomores. So, yeah, this is a very young team. No wonder they are absolutely terrible this year. But... Uh, yeah, poor Akron. They will be the lone FCS or FBS team, excuse me, that does not have a win this year. Uh, That's bad. We went winless my senior year of high school football, and I didn't enjoy that. So I don't no. ever wish anyone to go winless. Yeah, no, that, that but, it's, it's not good. But it uh, sounds like they deserve it from the way they played this year. Uh, yes. It, so hopefully there are better times to come. And doesn't it seem like that's the case with a lot of these mid-major conferences? You know, you have a team that goes like 9-3 and three one year, and that's because they all have seniors in the next year. They're just absolutely terrible. And it just kind of goes in waves, ebbs and flows. Yeah, you get a good coach, and then he leaves, and then they're bad. Yep, and then they finally get that good recruiting class, and, oh, the coach leaves again. So it's a vicious cycle. especially true in the MAC, though, where there has not really been a team. I mean, there there have been teams at times in the last 20 years, but for, like, the last five or six years, it doesn't really seem like anyone's taken a hold of the conference, and it's very – very, I don't know, NFC East-esque, I guess right. you should say, where yeah. every year you're just like, yeah, I don't know. One of these teams is going to win the division, and maybe they'll be good, maybe they'll be terrible. We don't know what's going to happen. There was a time where I didn't know how many teams would be bowl eligible in the MAC. It was that bad uh, for them. You know, they had three, four wins. I think it was like at eight weeks, nine weeks in. It's like, okay, who's going to actually come through here? And and deliver. Uh, looks like we're gonna have. Well, I, I, Central Michigan has a chance, I suppose, if Western Michigan uh, loses to Northern Illinois, which they're down right now. But, uh, but Miami, Ohio is in the the MAC championship game, so everyone get excited about the MAC championship. Which is crazy because I mean, just more to the MAC being weird is that for like the last four or five years, I said no teams have been really good. Mm-hmm. Miami, Ohio, though, had truly been really bad a lot of the times, so and now that they are. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, I guess it's like weather in, you know, the Rocky Mountain states that if you don't like your team, just take a break for one year in the back and who knows, maybe they'll all of a sudden win 10 years. I was just looking at it. it so this year it's different because, you know, the Sun Belt in years past has played their final week. They didn't have a conference championship game. I think this is the inaugural one this year. Maybe it's the, the second. Either way, next week is just championship games. So, you know, it, it you don't have these other random games to go with all the conference I championship games. I, I miss when the Big 12 didn't have one and there were, you know, five Big 12 games that last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I understand why the teams have got or the conferences have championship games, but I miss there being some teams that didn't, and you know, right? Because if, if there's only, I mean, if there's ten, I mean, not that they all play on Saturday, but there's ten conferences. If they would all play on Saturday, that's only ten games. Yeah, and some of them are going to be bad games, and it's just nice when you've got an extra, you know, seven or eight games. And even if it's two Sun Belt teams, if you're like, well, you know. I want to watch, and I'm not saying this for this year, mm-hmm. but in general, you know, if you want to watch Ohio State beat Northwestern by 50, or would you maybe be like, you know what, I think I'm going to watch this random, I don't know, Louisiana Lafayette versus Western Kentucky game. I guess they're in Conference USA, but but you get my point. Right. Where it's just like, oh yeah, this game. There it's within three, late in the third quarter. This is much better than the other game I was watching. Yeah, I, was, I was just looking at this because normally the MAC championship game is on a Friday night. Well, this year it's on Saturday, and I, I just happened to see this. Did you know that Hawaii is in the Mountain West championship game? They will be taking on Boise I State. Huh? I I don't remember. I, think this, I, I wish I knew this. I don't remember if the Mountain West is one of the conferences where. The team with the better record gets home field advantage. It is. It is in Boise. So, so that's uh, now playing Boise playing at home is already a huge advantage. You start talking about Hawaii traveling that far; it's an even bigger one. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see the day that Hawaii has home field advantage in a Mountain West Conference title game, especially where you know it's late at night and they start getting those weird Hawaii calls on the island, or you're yep. like, huh, these are. Uh, these, oh, these refs graduated from the University of Hawaii. Huh. I wonder wonder what's going on here. I wonder if they maybe should play this at, you know, like the Denver Broncos Stadium or Vegas, you know, the, somewhere. Maybe they'll maybe they'll change that up next year. But Hawaii's in there. I'm just looking at this now by virtue of their 14-11 win over San Diego last week. Nice. I mean, oh, 14-11 game. That, that's just awful. That's just hey, awful. If you were both in the SEC, people would be saying it was a classic defensive slugfest. <laughs> it was. It would be. And instead, people were like, "Will you stay up till four in the morning Eastern time to watch this?" I don't know who would have done that. I don't. I don't know what in what world you would say, "Yeah, this is a good idea." But anywho, uh, college football playoff rankings have been released for this week. Uh, we'll have one more next week, and then we'll find out all the bowl games after the championships next week. But uh, there's a new number one. Ohio State is number one ahead of LSU. I don't have a problem with this because they did beat a good Penn State team and LSU just smacked around uh, an FCS school. I mean, Arkansas. But I may as well call them an FCS squad. I'm okay with Ohio State jumping at number one because I think LSU will eventually get them back. Uh, if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Are you okay with this? 
I'm okay with him jumping him for now. I mean, I don't have a huge problem between who's number one and who's number two. If they went out, they're both going to get in. Honestly, if either of them lose next week and then win their conference title game, I think they'd still get in the playoff regardless. They just, you know, wouldn't be a one seed then. One the- thing that is interesting, though, is I think, you know, whoever's the one seed in the playoff technically gets to play whoever's – they get to decide which of the two playoff sites they play in. And in theory, would play the one that's closest to home. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be the year where that maybe is like, well, maybe, well being number one is going to be a big deal. I know there was there was a few years ago where, uh, or maybe it was even last year, uh, where Alabama played Oklahoma and they could have played the Cotton Bowl, but they said, no, we don't want to play in Dallas where it's much closer to Oklahoma. We're going to play in at Miami. the other side. Miami. I believe, at yeah. the Orange Bowl. And then this, this year is one of them's the Peach Bowl, which is in Atlanta. And certainly if Georgia's in the playoff as a three or a four seed, you would, whoever you are, I think, would be like, yeah, I don't think we want to play in Atlanta. We would play on the other side, which I think is the Fiesta Bowl. Correct. So, like, if Ohio State's the one seed, you know, they, Atlanta would be closer. But, you know, if you're playing, even if it's not Georgia, if you're playing Clemson or LSU, if you're Ohio State, I think you'd be like, yeah, I think we'd much rather play in the Fiesta Bowl where it's going to be more, uh, I mean, it's it's going to be better for us or at least not as close for all the other fans where, you know. Yeah. It, 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 it depends who, you know, gets in and who's in one spot. Mm-hmm. So we don't know for sure. But, but this is, in so many years, it's, I don't think it's really mattered. But this is one where you're like, well, I mean, it's good better. And, and at the same token, you know, if you're, uh, I'm trying to think of if you're LSU and Utah's the fourth seed. Well, yeah, you, um, I I wouldn't care if they, you'd know, that, go. That Let me rephrase that. If yeah. you're Ohio State and Utah's the fourth seed, you would say, "Well, let's not play Utah in Arizona. Let's let's play them in Atlanta. Could we where it's further for them to go? Could we just call that the Urban Meyer Bowl and just have, play it at Urban's house? I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, I, I never knew I wanted that until you brought it up, and now that's exactly what I want to have happen. Uh, I think the one seed is vital this year because I think that you want to avoid Clemson at all cost. And if LSU's the two, like, you're knocking out a power. Like, you're not. I think if LSU and Clemson are two and three, they are the two best teams in in college football right now. I, no offense to Ohio State, but I'm going to give you Clemson... Think, you think Clemson's better than Ohio State? I will give Clemson the benefit of the doubt because they are the defending national champions and they have Trevor Lawrence. And they've been in the college football playoff before. Last year when they won the well, national championship. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State's also been in the college football playoff. They have, before. but... Right, they have, but not with this group of players. Uh, or like some of them. So I will lean. I, I just think LSU and Clemson, you would knock out one of the, the two favorites, even though Ohio State's right in there too. I I just. I think those three are the three best teams, and then it's a little bit of a gap between everyone else. Yes. I, mean, are, I think everyone else has more glaring issues than those three do. Agreed. I, I guess I, I, I do agree that you would. You'd want to be the one seed to play the four seed, whoever that is, even if it's Alabama or if it's, you know, Utah or Oklahoma or potentially Georgia, I guess. I would rather play one of those teams than having to play Ohio State, LSU, or, or Clemson. Crins and I were doing some hypotheticals earlier and talking about, okay, like what, you know, if Minnesota wins, 
out, do they get in the playoff? I would argue probably yes, but I mean, I think they would. I think there's so much that can change that can happen here. Uh, you know, like Oklahoma, we think is probably out. Uh, and it was amazing to me to see them actually be ahead of Minnesota in the, the the rankings. I get that TCU is probably better than Northwestern, but Oklahoma has looked very unimpressive the last few weeks. They looked impressive in the second half against Baylor, but the otherwise they have looked unimpressive against Iowa State and TCU. That's true. I agree with that. I would say if you're a Minnesota fan, though, not to worry that, I mean, to worry about winning the next two games. If you win the next two games, I don't think there's any way a Minnesota team with wins over Penn State and Ohio State potentially would be a top ten Penn State team, and then certainly a top ten Ohio State team and Wisconsin and too. a top fifteen Wisconsin team, mm-hmm. and whose only loss is on the road to a pretty good Iowa team. Even if Iowa would lose to Nebraska next weekend, still you'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, Iowa has. I think that would make Iowa eight and four. Or either eight and four or nine and three, so you you would still be like, oh yeah, that's not a bad loss off the road. So I, I think if Minnesota would win out, I think outside of LSU, they would have the best resume. Now if, I'm not saying that means they would be the best team and get a two seat necessarily, mm-hmm. but I think their resume across the board would be better than anyone else's except LSU's. Is it fair to say that if? Georgia loses. So if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, should Utah, if Utah beats Oregon, it thanks, thanks, by the way, to Herm Edwards and Arizona State for screwing this up. These teams have weird losses the final week of the regular Right. I don't see Utah losing to Colorado by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But if Utah wins and LSU beats Georgia, Utah should get that fourth spot, right? They should be able to leapfrog Alabama. I 100% agree. Okay. I think if Oklahoma wins out and Utah loses, I, regardless of Utah, I think Oklahoma should be above Alabama too. Alabama has done nothing of note except beat some bad teams handily. And, re- and hey, we lost close to LSU. Regardless if they beat Auburn or not. I agree. Still, I think that's. Yep. I mean, well, I mean, if they lose to Auburn, then definitely. Yep. What about uh, Baylor? If they beat Auburn, I mean. You know, like, I think Auburn's fine, but if Auburn's your best win of the season, who would then have would be an eight and four Auburn team? Mm-hmm. Like that's not good. And you're not a conference champion, so you're eleven and one, and you beat an eight and four Auburn team and probably a seven and five Texas A and M team mm-hmm. and a Duke team that maybe isn't going to go to a bowl game. I mean, that's just it's not impressive. Uh, and and part of it, now, I, I, I don't know how far ahead ago all of this stuff was set up schedule-wise, you know, both the non-conference and the SEC slate, but yep. part of it is just, I mean, so I, I don't want to say that, you know, they necessarily planned it this way at Alabama, but part of it is just the unlucky nature that it's like, oh, your schedule's not that hard, but now you don't have any wins because they didn't play Georgia or Florida in the East, mm-hmm. and they didn't play their usual loaded non-conference team in the first week of the year and beat them by 40. Yep. I mean, they did, but it wasn't a good Duke team. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with that. How about, what if, what if Baylor wins out? I mean, do, does Baylor get in? I would say that there would have to be a lot that would need to happen for Baylor to get in. 
I don't think Baylor should get in over Utah. I would, I would say I think Baylor should get in over Alabama, though. Now, I, I don't think they would, but I think they should if they okay. went out with only one loss to a really good OU team. There's been some talk, uh, Jerry Palm has put it on, on CBS, that Penn State should go to the Rose Bowl. Um, he's projected Penn State to go to the Rose Bowl. I, if, if Minnesota beats Wisconsin, college game day is going to be there. It's going to be a, a snowy atmosphere, which sucks. Why did, Why does the first time that Minnesota gets to host game day, a big old winter storm is going to come in to and, and wreak havoc over the area? That sucks. But if Minnesota... Well, we can have Dilly Bardan. He's, he's got to be the college game day guest picker, right? No, 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 no. Tony Dungy would be my pick. I would. I mean, and no, I mean, I think Tony Dungy's a good person. I think he's kind of boring though. On the microphone, I'd pick somebody else. But. How about Kevin McHale? I think Kevin McHale would be better than Tony Dungy, but not a lot better because I think he's also generally kind of boring on the microphone too. I'm trying to think who else would be. I mean, unfortunately, he's dead, so you can't pick Prince. If it was five years ago, you know, I'd say take Prince, but that's not an option anymore. Right. Uh, Ron Johnson, probably not. Um, hmm. Glenn Mason? Or, you know, you could do, and you, this was the, Crims would like this, you would not, and maybe this guy's kind of crazy. A wrestler? Uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. Yes, I saw a picture of that. Ah, uh, I don't know. That's yeah. I I don't know. That 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 wouldn't be bad, but I I think he's kind of local. <laughs> but who who what wrestler isn't a little bit crazy? Uh, yeah, probably even more so than the others. Yeah. Well, so whatever what, people are spouting off about nine eleven being an inside job, you know that. Yeah. There's, just, there's stuff going on. Yeah. Um. So. I guess back to the premise here, you know, Minnesota, I, I don't, I just don't see why Penn State would go to the Rose Bowl. I guess it would be because they would have one less loss than Wisconsin would because Wisconsin would have, what, three losses at that point uh, if they um, lose to Ohio State, which they most likely would. I but would you put Penn State in the Rose Bowl over, say, a Wisconsin or even a Minnesota? I'm okay with Penn State in the Rose Bowl if Minnesota loses to Wisconsin and doesn't win the division. If Minnesota beats Wisconsin, I think they should go to the Rose Bowl, like, period, unless okay. they're in the playoff. Right. Or if somehow Ohio State wins the conference but does not go to the playoff. But I think the odds of that happening are so low that it's not worth talking about. So I, I, to me, Minnesota's in, I mean, not in terms of like playoff and all your hopes and dreams, but just in terms of the Rose Bowl, it should just basically be all this weekend where it's, if you win, you're at least going to the Rose Bowl. And if you lose, you're not going to the Rose Bowl. You may go to one of the other bowls or you may have to settle for, you know, I always forget what I always want to say the Capital One Bowl. I forget what it's called now, though. Oh, uh, the, the, is that the, the Orange Bowl? bowl. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, the Outback Bowl, the the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, and then there's a. Well, they'll be above the tax. The ta- if I remember right, the, the Gator Bowl 
is like five bowls down the pecking order. I don't think Minnesota can get down that far. How about the... I think, it, let's put it this way, there's two in Florida for Big Ten teams, if I remember yes. right. Uh, the, the, I the Citrus the Bowl. Two, yeah, I, I think outside of the New Year Six, so I think they will either be in the Citrus Bowl or the Outback Bowl against an SEC team. Let me ask you then, is Minnesota going to beat Wisconsin? I think well, it's... You know what? I'm going to say that they do. Part of it is because I just don't like Wisconsin, and I'd like to see it. I think it's going to be tough to beat them two years in a row. I agree. I think there was an element less last year of Wisconsin being a little flat-footed and overestimating things. I don't think that's going to happen this no. year. No, they're going to be angry. Title spots on the line. Yes, and that's why that loss to Iowa was so was so impactful to the Gophers because if they had beat Iowa, yes, you'd have the battle for the axe on the line, but you'd have already been guaranteed a spot in Indianapolis this year. And I think this is different. They'd still be undefeated. You have a chance to have an undefeated season. Exactly. And I think you. I think that's where the difference, though, is between the Penn State game and Wisconsin now. I mean, obviously college game day being there amplifies the, the importance or the, amplifies the game even more so. But with Penn State, they were looking to justify – to people like, hey, we are indeed a very good team. We were ranked too low in the initial college football playoff rankings. Like, we're out to prove ourselves. Here now, it's like, okay, we have Wisconsin touch. The nation's watching us. And we're not only does Wisconsin want the axe back, but now there's a trip to Indianapolis on the line. Yeah, this is going to be a very difficult challenge for Minnesota, much more so than it had they beaten Iowa two weeks ago. Something funny I just thought of right now in terms of, like, colleges and the general areas where we live. Mm -hmm. So, Iowa State hosted game day. Yep. Nebraska hosted game day. Yep. South Dakota State hosted game day. Yep. Minnesota's going to host game day. Yep. And the only one of the teams in those states that has not, that is, you know, like a name school, is the University of Iowa. They did not host game day. But Iowa was part of game day with Iowa State. They were, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a home game for them. Right, though. right. No, that, that's very good. And important. I forget his name, the stupid country singer who was Eric Church? wearing sunglasses on game day. He was the guest picker, didn't even pick Iowa State. Eric Church, still, I think? Yeah, his one job was to pick the home team. He didn't even do that. Yeah, that, that was not good. Um, you know, they should have gotten the mayor, Fred Hoiberg, to be the guest picker there. Uh, I would like that. And then I, I, I don't know who the game day kids picker is going to be. For your sake, as a Minnesota fan, I hope it's not rando country singer. Ooh, we got this guy. I hope it's someone. It's an, they have never hosted it before, right? Correct. Yep. They were one of nine schools to never have, or ten schools of the, the Power Five FBS teams to have never hosted. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, the bright side is that, you know, there's not like, hey, we've already had these five guys do game day at this school, so they can get whoever. So hopefully it's someone good. And hopefully game day goes better for the teams in the area, like I mentioned, where Iowa State lost to Iowa. Nebraska got hammered by Ohio State. And South Dakota State lost to North Dakota State. Yeah. Hopefully it goes better. Yeah, there's a. For, uh, there's a definite pattern there, and hopefully this is the first of a, of a couple times. Because I think Minnesota, given the youth in this team, provided that PJ Flex there, I think I think College Game Day has a chance to be back in the future. Um, but uh, they of course have to take care of business this week. 
other games on the schedule here. I mean, it's rivalry week, and I th- I like this week because of all the rivalries. Like, it doesn't matter how bad you are. You could be 3-8 and eight UNLV, but you're playing in-state, you know, Nevada. Oh, of course, I mean, you, you just get geared up a little bit more. I mean, you could be 3-8 and eight Vanderbilt, but hell, you have 6-5 and five Tennessee's coming, uh, or we have to go there. We're going to give it our all because you want those bragging rights for the year. So it, I hate to say throw out the records because inevitably it, you know, like Hashtag Oregon. Jesse Palmer throw out the records. Right. I mean, Oregon State's been very bad for a long time, and they blew a huge opportunity to be bowl eligible last week by losing a 54-53 to Washington State, and they blew an 11-point lead with like three minutes to go. That aside, though, like they have a chance to be bowl eligible this year. Like Oregon State's actually good, where in years past, Oregon just rolled all over them. With that being said, a lot of these rivalry games this week are just going to suck. I mean, Clemson's going to kick the crap out of South Carolina. Georgia's going to annihilate Georgia Tech. I mean, I agree that Georgia's going to annihilate Georgia Tech. I think you're probably right with Clemson and South Carolina. But assuming Will Muschamp's going to get fired, and maybe this is his last game there. He's a weird coach that somehow finds ways to like muddy things up. I, I, I don't know. Well, he already muddied it up by beating think, Georgia. I don't think that South Carolina's going to win. I'm just saying I wouldn't be stunned if, you know, with 11 minutes left in the game, everyone's like, huh, Clemson's up 21-13. How come this game's as close as it is right now? Right. Uh, I mean, so there are really only two, two maybe three rivalry games that are otherwise impactful. Of course, you have Ohio State and Michigan in the in the in the big house this year. Uh, do you think Jim Harbaugh can finally beat uh, Ohio State? There's this weird thing where part of me thinks they do or can, even though basically, other than the one year where there was the fourth down spot that maybe JT Barrett didn't get it, but they gave it to Ohio State. Yep. And like other than that year, or I guess there was another year where it was like sort of close and I forget who it was. I think it was even when Barrett was still there. The starting quarterback got hurt. And Barrett was around for a freaking touchdown decade. To like give Ohio State an 11 point lead with two minutes left. Yep. But there have just been a lot of examples of like, of, you know, Basically, since the last time Michigan won, twenty eleven, where it's been like, I think Michigan can do it this year, and then midway through the second quarter, you know, it's the narrator doing the narration voice is like, nope, they couldn't do it this year. That game, you know, they're down by thirty. Right. That game is at noon Eastern on Fox, eleven a.m. Central Time. Alabama and Auburn, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. That game is in Auburn. That's a rivalry game that, of course, is is very important and significant. Do you think Auburn can upset Alabama, or do you think they will? I think will? they can. I mean, if anything, you know, certainly Alabama playing the backup quarterback. Whenever Alabama's not playing the most talented quarterback they've ever had in school history, that's probably a positive for the other team. And Auburn's defense is good enough that they can make this like a disgusting game, which is more likely for Auburn to win if that happens. I mean, I I think I picked Auburn to win if I remember right. Part of that's maybe just wanting Auburn to win because I don't care for Alabama anymore. But like Auburn, especially without Tua, like they can hold this Alabama team with their defense to seventeen points 
And if you're holding the team to 17, you don't have to have that great of a game on offense to find a way to win. Right. Uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. We already talked about that. And then the other game that I think is going to be – has – meaningful impact there is a oklahoma at oklahoma state that's at 8 p.m eastern 7 p.m central time on fox weird things ha- tend to happen in this rivalry i could i mean i could certainly see oklahoma state topping oklahoma just get based off of what we've seen from oklahoma lately will that ha- indeed happen Bedlam's a weird rivalry game where Oklahoma State's won a few times, but if you look at the series history, it's so dramatic. Like, I don't mean, like, Oklahoma's won 50 and Oklahoma State's won 30. I don't remember what the number is, but, like, Oklahoma State's only won, like, 12 times. It's not very often. The most common thing that happens is that Oklahoma thinks they're going to win. Oklahoma State throws the kitchen sink at Oklahoma and has a chance to win but stumbles on their face late. And Oklahoma wins by, you know, three points or seven points or whatever. And basically that's why it makes it happen. I think this is going to be the Oklahoma's up by 20 points in the third quarter and everyone writes the game off. And then as, you know, some other games people are watching become less entertaining. They keep flipping channels back and they're like, oh, they're only at 14 now. I'm like, yeah. oh, they're only up seven now. We're like, oh, Oklahoma State's got the ball down three points driving. It does feel like, like what's going to happen here, and then they're going to turn it over or get sacked and fumble or run out of time, and OU still wins, but it is uh, by the hair on their chin, chin, chin. It do, it does feel like Oklahoma State though has won more recently since uh, Gundy's been the coach. So I mean, a little bit. I I mean, I don't want this to sound like I'm knocking Gundy. I think he's like, oh yeah, no, no, coach. no. You know, I think Jimmy Johnson briefly coached at Oklahoma State. He didn't have the success there that he had with the Hurricanes and the Cowboys. Right. But other than Jimmy Johnson, Gundy's, I think, the best coach they've ever had. But, yep. but I think he's only won twice over OU, if I remember right. It's going to be weird seeing Stanford not in a bowl game this year. Stanford is very bad this year. Uh, I agree. It's gonna be weird. It's the it's time. It's the last. Oh, but before we get to bull bound or not, Rutgers and Greg Schiano have apparently like they, they can't agree on a contract. She it was an eight year, thirty two million dollar deal that Rutgers was willing to give them, and then Rutgers, it, Schiano wanted upgrades to the the to practice facilities and more money for his assistants, and Rutgers balked at that. That seems like the most Rutgers move that you could possibly do. The only coach that has ever done anything for your program in the last however many years that brought any... 150? Because yeah. they played in the first game in 1869? Right. Any semblance of, like, I don't know, like, re- respectability or, you know, anything like that. And they say, no, we don't, we, we can't do the upgrades to the facilities or give you more money. Like, how stupid could Rutgers be? Go to the, just be an independent because the Big Ten does not need you. You suck. This is a terrible decision, but it is a decision that only Rutgers would be able to make. I generally agree with what you said. There's there's two things that I do want to add, though. One is that if you're Rutgers and you're going to, like, really say, hey, we're going to spend money and pull out, like, the big stuff for a coach. Like, why are you aim higher than Greg Schiano? I get, like, his history there, but, like, 
at least try to get somebody better than that if you really want to be good. Because the second part of it is, even you're, you're right that Shiano was more successful than anyone else at Rutgers. He had like three good years in the old Big East after Miami and Virginia Tech left. And I think it may have even been after like Pitt and Syracuse left. And, you know, where it was like, well, we, uh, Rutgers was like, well, we beat West Virginia, but we lost to Louisville to go 10 and 2 in the regular season. And that was their one great year where they had Ray Rice and other than. So, like, I, I think he was fine at Rutgers and was generally a good coach, but that was not the the Big East of like 2001 or the ACC right. of now where they were successful. And I think he probably would essentially have the same problems at Rutgers that other people would have there where it's like, well, sorry, but you're not going to beat Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State and Michigan State, well, I don't know once they'll truly turn things around to where they were six years ago. We'll probably pretty consistently be better than Rutgers is. By the way, uh, the game has gone final. Ohio has beaten Akron 52-3. to Akron goes 0-12 for the year. Let me just read some of these stats to you here. 25 first downs for Ohio, 7 for Akron. 603 total yards of offense for Ohio, 74 for Akron. Um, oh, hold on. Total offense was 603 to 74. Yep. I generally say that total offense as a stat doesn't matter how it used to because of tempo and things like that. Yep. But regardless of your tempo, if you get 600 yards of offense, you at least had a fairly good day. And, and also, like, no matter what you do, if you have 74 yards of offense, clearly your offense didn't play well, unless you just returned every punt you got for a touchdown. And based off the final score, I think it's safe to say that did not happen. Akron was 4 of 27 passing. <laughs> uh, I think Jamal Lord was bad at passing for Nebraska. Um, two intercept- each team had two turnovers. So, uh, there you go. Wow, so that's that's how Rutgers plays when they're even in turnovers. Yeah. Not even, not even negative. That was uh, uh, no, Akron margin or equal. Right. Yeah, sorry, Akron. Yep. Well, you know, it's the same. It's a, Akron, tomato, tomato. I was just gonna say tomato, tomato. <laughs> All right. It is the final. I, I can't believe we're already here. It's the final edition of Bull Bound or Not for the season. Uh, the where, final one. You know what we'll do one next week. It'll be a lot easier next week. Yeah, it, w- it would be easier. But uh, no, we. This is the last one. Uh, I, I can't believe it. The season's already come and gone. I, we look forward to bull bo- or uh, to uh, the bull pick'em, uh, which you can you know we'll, we'll form the group, we'll join. I hope to do better than last year. Uh, but yes, it is the last. Uh, it is the last time that we do this. So we're gonna begin. We're gonna pick. For this year. Not, not, yes. Not oh yeah. Yep. Not forever. Yeah. But but for this year, uh, it's hard to believe bullbound and or nots uh, come and gone. Uh, Regina in Saskatchewan, a big college football fan up there in Canada. We thank you for that. Uh, she she really is going to miss this. Uh, who we got? Pierre in South Dakota. Or Pierre, excuse me, he's French. Uh, he's going to miss it. So uh, to all of the, all the fans out Don't there. Don't forget about Sheldon and Melvin and Hartley all uh, living in Northwest Iowa. Oh, yes, yes. I like that they have a very good trio of people there. So it's very... Uh, I, I like that uh, Jefferson City in Sitai uh, uh, in in Missouri. So Jefferson is a big fan. So we appreciate that. 
And uh, so for them, we, yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, so for them, we are giving you this one last time and we are going to pick all of the five and six teams apart from Missouri because they don't count because they are bowl. They are not eligible for a bowl game this year. So we begin Thanksgiving night. A bowl game is on the line. Ole Miss at Mississippi State, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Mississippi State is 5-6. and six. Ole Miss is 4-7. and seven. Charlie Hillebrand, is Mississippi State bowl-bound or not? Yeah, if there's one rivalry game where you would not want to have to win just to get to a bowl game, I think that might be. I don't, I don't know if that's number one, but that's high. Yep. Where... Like, it's, it's not as prominent nationally as some others, and I don't want to say it's the number one most hate-fueled rivalry because I, I don't think it's number one, but but it's high. And I don't I don't think Mississippi State's going to do it. Ole Miss is going to find a way to win and just basically, you know, de-pants them in front of the entire southeastern United <laughs> States. Just the entire state of Mississippi that watches that game. Uh, yeah, well, Mississippi State says, what are you laughing at? You've got poop on your face. And they're like, we don't <laughs> care. We kept you from going to a bowl game. I'm going to get the total number of teams that are actually bowl eligible because I don't. I think we're going to be able to avoid five and seven teams this year, which is going to be great, provided that a few of these five-win teams actually win. One of those being Kent State. They are at Eastern Michigan. Kent State is five and six. Eastern Michigan is six and five. Charlie, is Kent State bullbound or not? No, because Eastern Michigan does that pounding down the blocks with sledgehammers before games and yep. then toughens them up, and they're they're Kent's not going to get it done. Okay, I'm I'm going to keep counting here is on uh, the bowl eligible teams right now. Let's go to our next five and six team. Oh, Charlie, I'm sorry. Uh, Nebraska is hosting Iowa. 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Central Time on the Big Ten Network on on Friday. Is Nebraska bowl bound or not? I don't know what's going to happen. I kind of thought that, you know, I was thinking, you know, Nebraska won last week. They won handily over Maryland. Certainly not that means anything. Maryland truly didn't have anything to play for. I think they were 3-7, and seven, so they already weren't bowl eligible. But, yeah, I remember the last time Nebraska scored 50 points in the conference game. Well, like I said, you know, Iowa was a lot better than Maryland. I was surprised to see that Iowa only opened as like a three-point favorite. I was like, oh, wow, the spread's that close. Nebraska have a chance to win this. I would love nothing more than for my Cornhuskers to win so they don't go bowless three years in a row, which the last time that happened was in like the late 50s. So you are. You know what? The fan inside of me is coming out. Can't do it. I'm taking Nebraska over Iowa. Okay. All right. There we go. Uh, let's see. As I said, Missouri is uh, not bowl Down, eligible this it's year. It's in Lincoln. Last year the game was close. Somehow, I don't know. Turnovers, poisoning the away team's food. I don't know. Somehow they're going to find find a way to win some gross like 24-21 game. Okay. Okay. Uh, with uh, TCU five and six, they host West Virginia, uh, four fifteen p.m. Eastern, three fifteen p.m. Central Time on ESPN on Friday. Charlie is TCU bull bound or not? I think they are. West Virginia has the best home field advantage in the conference and the worst having to go on the road and traveling from Morgantown to Dallas is a long ways, especially late in the year. I think TCU and uh, 
and uh, I'm blanking on their quarterback's name. Well, I should remember because I was going to say number one on my top Tulane football prospects list oh, last yes. year. Yeah, when he was at uh, Sioux City, uh, the Council Bluff School, Lewis Central. Oh yes, uh, but I don't remember what his name is. But yeah, which is which does not bode well for me to say that. Uh, I, I think I counted and, his... And I say that, like, he's the starter, too. I don't just mean, like, he's some guy that's there. He's right. literally the starting right. quarterback as a true freshman. Uh, well, let me see if I can pull him up here right now. Is it Duggan? Dugan? No, it's not, yeah. Or, yeah, no, that's... Yeah, that is, yeah. Yes, it Max is. Duggan. Yep, Max Duggan yeah, from Council Bus. That's right. Uh, I, I think by my count, 73 teams are already bowl eligible, so... Uh, I think like seven spots are up for grabs here. The other, the last game Friday uh, that has a bowl eligible team, Troy five and six. They host ten and one Appalachian State. Uh, is Troy bowl bound or not? If you're a Sun Belt team and you need to beat App State, that's not a good sign. So no, they're they're unfortunately not. All right, let's go to Saturday's games. Uh, let's see here, we got uh, a lot of four and seven teams in here. Hopefully, like I say, they won't win, get to 5-7, and seven, and then um, that would just create a whole bunch of... I don't want 5-7. and seven. If you're 5-7, and seven, you do not deserve to go to a bowl game. But I digress. I agree, depending on if that would get Nebraska. In okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, let's see here. Where are we? I know we got some team in here. Man, the stake forever. All the all the five and six teams, they play late games or something? Well, let's go. Boston College. There we go. They're five and six. They play at Pittsburgh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on the ACC Network. Charlie, is Boston College bull bound or not? No, Pitt's winning. Pitt's winning by 10. All right, here we go. Uh, Maryland at Michigan State, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on FS1. Michigan State's five and six. Is Michigan State bull bound or not? Well, based off how Maryland played last week against Nebraska, I get that Michigan State's offense is really bad, but if Nebraska's mediocre offense can put up 54, I think Michigan State can possibly put up 28. If they put up 28, Maryland's not going to get to 28. So, yes. What happened? What happened to Maryland? They were so hot early in the season. They were ranked. They scored like you know Howard's bad, but they won like seventy nine to nothing. And then they sixty beat Syracuse, and it turned out Syracuse was terrible. Yeah. But then, then they've only won one game since then. Yeah, that it's not good, not good at all. Uh, Oregon State is five and six. They are at Oregon, four p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Central Time on the Pac twelve network. Is Oregon State bull bound or not? Oregon coming off that rough loss to Arizona State, probably going to be a little. Uh, not not quite as uh, as uh, polished as maybe they would be if they had won. I think Oregon State's going to lose, but I think it's going to be a game for a long time that we're like, huh? How come how come Oregon needs a drive with four minutes left to take the lead against Oregon State? Yep. But Herbert's going to do it, and Oregon State's going to lose. How about North Carolina five and six at four and seven NC State seven p.m. Eastern six Central time on the ACC network? I want North Carolina to win, even though we coached at Texas and I hate Texas and they beat my Cornhuskers many times. For some reason, I kind of like Mac Brown. Can't explain it. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. I want him. I want North Carolina to win, but I don't think they're going to do it. NC State's going to win, and just like the classic, your in-state rival 
who's bad and isn't going to a bowl game but gets to celebrate like he did another team from going to one. NC State's another team that you know has been in a bowl game you know fairly frequently over the years. It just to have them not in it, that's a that it's going to be a little different this year. Um, along with you know like Stanford, how about Colorado five and six? They're at ten and one. Utah seven thirty p.m. Eastern, six thirty p.m. Central time on ABC. I think I know the answer to this without even asking it. But uh, Charlie, is Colorado bullbound or not? You know, sometimes late in the season, you know, your offense doesn't work as well. But you know, defense travels, and then this place doesn't even matter because Utah's playing at home. I think Utah and their defense, they're far, they're less susceptible to upsets. I, I don't think Colorado's going to beat Utah. I, Utah's not going to make the mistake Oregon win. They may lose the next week to Oregon in the conference title game, but they're going into the conference title game with playoff shot. How about Monroe, Louisiana Monroe, five and six at nine and two Louisiana, seven thirty p.m. Eastern, six thirty p.m. Central Time on ESPNU. Records are different, but it's not going to matter for Omaha. Monroe's winning. Six and six, going to a bowl. Wow. Wow. So I got some upsets here. And then finally, the last five and six team I see, Army is at Hawaii. Uh, that just, just a minute before midnight on the CBS Sports Network. Is Army bowlbound or not? Normally, I would say team going to Hawaii, strike one. You know, not having to play late at night, strike two. You know, there are lots of things going against them. Yeah. You know, not having not having a whole bunch of people there, but I bet the Army probably has a base somewhere in Hawaii. Yes. And, you know, those those players tend to be more disciplined than other ones. Yeah. Somehow, Army's going to get it done. Army's going to a bowl game. All right, there we go. Well, they still have to play Navy also, so... Yes, they, they okay. do. They do, yes. Yep. Um, and Navy's good. So, like, this, I think, is the Army's real good chance here. So, by my count, then, we have, I think you picked, like, six te- four or five teams. So, maybe we're going to get a five and seven team or two in there. Hopefully not. But that would just that's just if my math was correct. And maybe it's not. So, that, that wouldn't be bad. But there it is. Oh, that- did I both pick Nebraska to win and leave? An opera loophole open for them to get in. Yes, I think so. They don't win. Yes. Oh, I don't know if I did that or not. I think you did, and I think you did it on purpose. And it, or if not, it was a happy accident. And either it was way, a happy it's accident. great. I wish I could say it was on purpose. It was a happy accident. Either way, it was great. Charlie, I always appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. What, what's the What's the favorite food in the Hildebrand household on Thanksgiving? Um, it's it's quite divided. Everyone's got their own favorites. I I personally really like uh, mashed potatoes and gravy. A lot of my family members like green bean casserole. I don't like green beans, so probably not to be surprised to hear I don't care for green bean casserole. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Mashed potatoes and gravy are great. You have a very happy Thanksgiving. We'll chat next week. We'll pick some uh, uh, championship pick, uh, games, and then... Then it'll be that time. It'll, the bowl season will be upon us, and we will have to uh, make some picks for the bowls as well. So uh, always appreciate it. Have a great uh, long holiday weekend. Sounds good. I am also looking forward to it. Hopefully both your Gophers and my Huskers can win this weekend. Praying for a miracle. Praying for a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They, well, it's more. It's a miracle for Minnesota to beat Wisconsin too. It's not just Nebraska beating Iowa. It's for Minnesota to actually it's beat the stack, Wisconsin. It's the, it's the stacking Hildebrand two-team parlay that we need to have. Right exactly, exactly right. 
Awesome. Thank you, Charlie. Happy Thanksgiving. Yep, have a good one. Charlie Hildebrand joining us here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. As always, great stuff there. Uh, last bull bound or not of the year. It's quite sad. We're going to make some picks for uh, Turkey Day and the rest of the NFL, but let's look back at Week 12 in the NFL, and then uh, we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Houston Texans Thursday night beat the Indianapolis Colts 20-17. to Deshaun Watson probably fumbled there at the end. Maybe the ref should have uh, reviewed the play on the replay. They didn't. Texans win. They are in control of the AFC South. Sunday, the Bears beat the Giants 19-14. Uh, Aldrich Rosas uh, missed two field goals for the Giants. Trubisky throws two interceptions. He throws for one, runs for another one. And the Bears get out the schneid. They beat the Giants 19-14. The Browns have won three in a row. They pummeled the Brown, uh, the Dolphins 41-24, got up to a 28-0 lead early on. Dolphins came back, made it 28-17, and then Browns took care of business from there. Uh Jarvis Landry, 10 catches, 148 yards, two touchdowns against his former team, so you knew that had to feel good for him. Steelers had to bench Mason Rudolph in their game against the Bengals. Uh, Devlin Hodges, the the Duck Hodges guy, comes in and throws a 79-yard touchdown pass or whatever to James Washington. Steelers beat the Bengals 16-10. Bengals had a chance. They uh, Tyler Boyd catches a ball in the red zone inside the 10 and then fumbles it Minka Fitzpatrick covers that was all she wrote as the Steelers beat the Bengals 16 to 10 Bengals still winless at 0 and 11 Bills beat the Broncos 23 battle of the Allens at quarterback Brandon Allen for Denver Josh Allen for Buffalo Josh was better the Bills were better and they're 8 and 3 and the Broncos are 3 and 8 so Obviously, everything is flipped around. What a game in New Orleans where the Saints hold off. Uh, the Saints jumped out to a, a large lead early on. It didn't look like the Panthers were going to fold in, and then they came rallying back. Drew Brees throws a terrible interception, and the Panthers are driving. They have a 28-yard field goal attempt. Joey Slime misses it. I don't know how he misses it, but he did. The Saints drive back, score, get the game-winning field goal. The Saints win 34-31. Michael Thomas Another over 100 yards receiving and a touch. I think he had 10 catches for 100 yards. He's fantastic. Eight plus receptions, 100 plus receiving yards in five straight games for him. That uh, that win streak that the Falcons were riding, it's over. The, the Bucks beat the Falcons 35-22. Falcons defense wasn't good. Offense struggled. Typical Falcons. Yeah, just when you think they, they have something, no, they don't. How about the New York Jets? Crushing the Oakland Raiders 34-3. Sam Darnold ran for one, threw for uh, two more in this one. The Jets had a defensive touchdown. Uh, The Raiders, this is an embarrassing loss for them. Just when you thought the Raiders seemed to have things going, nope. Not so fast, my friend. Uh, they, They get just embarrassed there. Seattle Seahawks uh, took care of a wide receiver depleted Philadelphia Eagles squad 17-9. No Alshon Jeffrey, no uh, Nelson Aguilar. So there were like, the, the Eagles wide receivers had to combine like 15 catches, career catches in the NFL or on the year. It was not good. Uh, Carson Wentz really struggled in this one because uh, Fargo's so good. And the Eagle or the Seahawks just do enough. They get the 17-9 win. They're 9-2, 6-0 on the road. Washington gets their second win of the year, 1916 over Detroit. A lot of Lions fans there. 
they should be embarrassed by this effort. But the real story in this one is that Dwayne Haskins, the rookie quarterback for Washington, missed the final snap of the game because he was taking a selfie with a fan. Case Keenum, Vikings fans know who he is, part of the Minneapolis Miracle. He had to go take the last snap and take the knee. Uh, really? I mean, just, it's it's just embarrassing, this, this squad. And, ugh, boy, Dwayne Haskins. Titans beat the Jaguars 42-20. to uh, It was 7-3 to at the half, and then by the uh, not even five minutes into the third quarter, it was 28-3, to and the route was on. Ryan Tannehill is playing very well for the Titans. Jaguars, uh, another dismal year for them as uh, you know, they had that one good year they made it to the AFC Championship game, and after that, phew, falling downhill since. And Nick Foles, what the hell are you doing? New England Patriots beat the Dallas Cowboys 13-9. Rainy day in uh, in Foxborough. It seemed like Patriot-type weather. But two terrible tripping penalties called against the Cowboys in this one. And then Dallas goes for a field goal when they're down inside the red zone to cut it to 13-9 instead of going for a touchdown. A lot of people criticize the decision. Then Jerry Jones, the, the Cowboys owner and GM and president, comes out and says that they were out coached. Why would you do that after a game against New England in which you know you're playing the best team in the in the league? Or, you know, a dynasty, a team much better than yours. Just doesn't make sense. Uh 49ers, what a what a statement that they put on by crushing the Green Bay Packers 37 to 8. The defense was fantastic. Aaron Rodgers, 104 passing yards on 33 attempts. Jimmy Garoppolo was fantastic. And the 49ers, just a complete shellacking of Green Bay. And then speaking of shellacking, that's what the Baltimore Ravens put on the LA Rams, 45-6. Lamar Jackson, five touchdown passes in this one. He is unstoppable. The Ravens scored six touchdowns on their first six possessions. What has happened to Sean McVay and the Rams? That's week 12. Let's make some picks for week 13. It's a triple header on Turkey Day. Begins with the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Central Time on Fox. I'd like to see the Lions win, but you know, if you're starting Jeff Driscoll, that doesn't bode well for you. I think the Bears could come in and get the victory. Buffalo Bills. At the Dallas Cowboys, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. This is a must-win game for Dallas. They have got to beat a team with a winning record. I'm tempted to take the Bills, but I'll ride with the Cowboys at home. This is with the portion of the Bills schedule that really starts to get difficult, so we'll see how they can navigate through this. The New Orleans Saints then at the Atlanta Falcons, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. I'd love to see the Falcons come in and get the win here we'll see if uh, if you know Austin Hooper, the tight end, plays. Uh, the Saints they want to embarrass the Falcons like the Falcons embarrassed them a couple weeks ago. So you know they will have the that they will be clicking on all cylinders. Hope the Falcons win, but I think the Saints pull it out. Let's go to Sunday's games. How about Washington at Carolina, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS? Weird that's a crossover game. Carolina gets another game on CBS. Lucky for them? Question mark? Either way, they're going to beat Washington because they're better than Washington. New York Jets at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Bengals are rolling with uh, with uh, Andy Dalton again. 
We'll see if that makes any bit of difference. The Jets are rolling right now. I'd like to see the Bengals win, but I'll take the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Titans, if you want to be taken for real here, if you want us to take you seriously, you have to win this game on the road. The Colts, I think the Titans are better than the Colts. They really do. But until the Titans can show us on a consistent basis, we're going to go with Indy here very narrowly. How about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox? I still want to take Jacksonville in this one, but I got to go Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston and company, you're going to get it done. Jaguars disappoint once again. Uh, again, hopefully I'm wrong. Green Bay Packers at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. You know what's a great uh, remedy uh, for a bounce-back victory after you get embarrassed on national television? Playing a team that's lost seven in a row and has no hope. But the Giants are at, and the, the Packers will beat them. Philadelphia Eagles at the new at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Do you know what helps a team that's struggling on offense and just struggling overall through injuries and not be playing consistently? Playing a terrible team like the Dolphins who are trying to tank. They aren't tanking as successfully as the Bengals, but they're still tanking. Eagles get the win. Game of the week. San Francisco at Baltimore, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. The 49ers will contain Lamar Jackson. They won't fully stop him. <sighs> until the, until someone does, I got to go with Baltimore. Got to go with Baltimore over San Francisco here uh, in what should be a great game. And then uh, Cleveland Browns at the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Mason Rudolph is benched. Devlin Duck Hodges is playing. The Browns, though... More to play for. They are better. Well, both teams have enough to play for because the Steelers are in that sixth spot in the playoffs currently. But the Browns, they will get the win, even though emotions will be high in the Steel City. LA Rams at the Arizona Cardinals, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The Rams are really struggling right now. I want to pick the Cardinals in this one, and I'm very tempted to do so. But they just keep losing close games there at the end. I think the Rams get the the deal done. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I think the Cardinals are going to lose another heartbreaker. Oakland Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs, 4 p.m. or 4:25 p.m. Eastern, 3:25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. It's going to be cold in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is playing. This is his first home game since uh, since he got injured. I think so. Arrowhead will be ready. Mahomes will be too. Chiefs roll. Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Listen, Phillip Rivers, a lot of questions about him right now, rightfully so. They're, but the Broncos stink. Yet the Broncos beat the Chargers to get their first win of Vic Fangio's tenure there as Broncos head coach earlier in the season. Chargers get revenge. Chargers get the win. Sunday Night Football, New England Patriots at the Houston Texans, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. I would be very curious to see what Deshaun Watson can do against the New England Patriot defense. I think he will be able to put up yards. He'll be able to put up some points. But New England's defense is just going to prevail, as is Tom Brady. Give me the Patriots. And then Monday Night Football, the second best game of the week, Minnesota Vikings at the Seattle Seahawks. 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. I believe the Vikings are better. I'm not a believer in the Seahawks yet. 
The Vikings have proven us wrong time and time again. But on the road in Seattle, they can't get off to a slow start like they did last year on Monday Night Football. Prove me wrong, Vikings. I'm going to the Seahawks. Prove me wrong, Kirk Cousins. Prove me wrong, Dalvin Cook. Prove me wrong, defense, which has not shown up here lately. Going with the Seahawks. And those are your Week 13 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblock.com, Fridays on our Football Friday picks. And we'll have, the, of course, the, the Turkey Day picks on Thursday. I want to thank Charlie and Travis for joining me. Uh, thank you for listening. Very thankful that you are listening. I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving, a happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully the uh, winter storms are not impacting your travels too much. And uh, be ready for more storms. Uh, college game day in Minneapolis. It's going to be great. Go Gophers. Row the boat. Sky Yamaha. Go Gophers. And we'll talk to you next week. Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Sky Yuma, row the boat. Go Gophers.